Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The following program is MLWRadio.com production. Allow me this volley, sir. Are you looking to purchase a home and are in need of a mortgage? Then SaveWithBruce.com is the only place to go. Perhaps you already have a mortgage. And you are looking to lower your monthly payments, maybe consolidate some debt. SaveWithBruce.com can help you. Would you like to skip your next two house payments? That's right, sir. I said skip your next two house payments. Imagine pocketing that cash for two months. Then, I am here to advocate visiting SaveWithBruce.com today. You do not need perfect credit, sir. And the process is fast and easy. Fill out the simple form and you are on your way to saving money, sir or madam. Savewithbruce.com. NMLS number 65084. They are an equal housing lender. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened With Monday right here on the MLW Radio Network. And we are joined today by the master of ceremonies himself, Mr. Tony Schiavone. Tony, how's it going, man? Hey, Conrad. I heard uh, I heard a, a rumor that Alabama won a football game this weekend. It's well, <laughs> roll, roll tight on that. Yeah, roll tight on that. Very hey, good. congratulations on that high school that Georgia beat this <laughs> Thank weekend. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you very much. We appreciate that. Uh, and... Uh, how are you guys going to do against Auburn this year? Uh, we're going to smash that out. Okay. Ass. Hey, right. let me ask. Do you re- do you know which WWE superstar is a member of the App State alumni who Georgia just steamrolled this weekend? Uh, no, I do not. Charlotte Flair. She went to App State? She went to App State. Wow. Yeah, and she was there when uh, they upset Michigan. She was not there when Georgia steamrolled uh-huh. her team. <laughs> well, you know who else went to App State? Nobody. Yeah, you're you're close. Lois Shivani went to App State. Nobody. <laughs> Thank hey, you very uh, much. Where is Lois Shivani right now, and why is she at home cleaning up dog hair? Well, she's not cleaning up dog hair. She's just sobering up. She's been dr- she was drunk all weekend. Celebrating the Labor Day in no, style. No, she just gets drunk for no reason on the weekends. I don't think it's for no reason. She's married to you. That's reason enough to drink, right? Hey, so I got lots of good feedback on our show last week. You know, the Q and A episodes always lend themselves to being a little fast and loose and uh, i felt like last week's run-in with lois shivani was the highlight of the show i think it was too getting her to walk downstairs for the first time in a month was a pretty darn good deal and i and i and i do like to say that the music that matt coon added at the end of it was great even though matt coon is full of shit he did a great job with the music don't you think D- don't don't read your phone while we're talking to each other i'm actually not i'm doing prepare uh, okay. preparation i'll get it right okay. i've been drinking <laughs> uh i feel like i should smarten everybody up because while matt coon did have the genius idea to play jaws and right. then i don't know that a lot of people pick this up but when i was reading the text and i said hey did you know i've been texting your wife he played opp by naughty by nature 
Are you wow. familiar with that? No. Do you no. know what OPP stands for? No, I don't. Throw it in your Google machine. Okay. But the Curb Your Enthusiasm music, I felt like, really set the tone for Lois's run-in. Right. And I think it should be the theme moving forward. So every time Lois shows up on one of our podcasts, we we hit the music? Well, just when she cusses and says that well, she cusses all the time, things like that's, that. That's how she does. Yeah. Okay. Did you get any feedback from her on her newfound fame? Because over the weekend, WWE superstar Zack Ryder even took a selfie of himself wearing the Lois Rule shirt. That blows so she, me away. Shout out to Zack Ryder and over 2 million followers right. who saw the Lois Rule shirt. Right. Where's that Lois Rule shirt available, Tony? That Lois shirt, 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 Lois shirt. You'll available. get it right. <laughs> it's the greatest promo in the history of our greatest Thank sport. Thank you, motherfucker. Uh, the Lois Rules t-shirts available at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash WHW. Uh, they had a sale during Labor Day weekend, and they had a run on some Lois uh, Rules shirts plus some, dare I say, Tommy Young shirts. Tommy Young. <laughs> Do you, you- think- do you think Tommy's going to come after me and ask for a little bit of money for those shirts? No, I think he's going to ask for an HJ. That's what I think <laughs> he's going to ask for. But you don't get an HJ, but you do get a phone call from Tony. Pick him up right now. It's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash WHW. Right. And it's a pretty big deal that we're able to to do this today because we're, we're going back and we're revisiting maybe uh, – I don't know. This podcast a lot of times feels like it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Right. WCW September of 2000. At this point, there's still some hope on the horizon, but with WCW seeming like, you know, they're going to be sold. It starts to feel a little bit like the company circling the drain. Would you agree? Yeah. And all, we, a lot of us were very uncertain about our future, right. uh, In- including the booker Vince Russo. Right. So we didn't know exactly where we were going to be from really from one week to the next because right. we heard so many rumors. So it was difficult to really do your work. It was difficult to, to concentrate at that time. So it, it was a difficult time. And, and I think a lot of times it showed, it also was back during the era that, uh, that I was produced a lot. Uh, and people were telling me what to say in my ear and screaming in my ear. And, uh, so it was a difficult time for me personally, but, and some of the stuff we did was good. Uh, but most of it was not. Well, I didn't think that this show was that bad. And what's interesting is I think so many people voted for this because they assumed it would just be very bad, but I had to use the torches, uh, you know, research or website as a research. I'll get it right. Eventually I had to use the torch for my research this week because the observer wasn't posted. And to my surprise, Wade Keller really put this show over pretty strong. He thought it was a pretty good show. It just felt like three hours worth of stuff packed into two hours. Well, and, and it was because the matches ended up being short. And, and all the what ended up being the qualifying matches ended up being just like a couple of high spots. Right. And, and that was it. So, And I agree with that. But it, what I thought was good about this show was the show had a storyline throughout the show. And the whole show was built around that storyline. And all the matches were basically built around that. And it was all built around Vince Russo being the boss and telling you what to do. And so it worked well. And uh, But there are a lot of things I didn't like about the show, including my fucking commentary, which I thought was horrible. Well, thankfully, no one listening is going to have to hear that commentary because we're doing something that a lot of you really enjoy. We're just going to go ahead and encourage you to plop down in front of the network this Labor Day. You've got the fucking day off. Sit in front of the TV, fire it up. And pull up Nitro from September 4th, 2000. And when we tell you to press play, we're going to press play on our end. And we're going to give you some live commentary. I've got about 10 pages of notes from the Mm. Pro Wrestling Torch just to throw in whenever there's 
I don't know, a Vince Russo promo that we'd sure. rather talk over. Right. Um, you, you've kind of given some, some feedback as to how you feel about Dave Meltzer here on the program because yeah. we cover him so often, but we never really touched on how you felt about Wade Keller or the torch. I didn't, uh, Wade was just like Dave. They all kind of hated me. Uh, and, uh, so I kind of, I, I didn't read that much. I guess Dave kind of was the more high profile one. Right. Yeah. I mean, you should probably know that as, as much as anybody else, but, uh, Wade seemed to be okay. Uh, and some of the guys who work with him are okay as well. All right, cool. Well, go ahead and uh, fire you up want your me to call him a, network. A slapdick or say fuck Wade Keller? No, no, not at all. I just wanted to clarify how you okay. felt about him. I, I'm pretty good friends with Bruce Mitchell, but I discount Wade Keller totally and have for many years. Wow. That's, that's, <laughs> no, no, so, it's, it's not an ugly thing. I pulled this off the VIP. Wade's getting my money, so I mean, he can't be that mad, right? Uh, something's going on there. I don't know what it is. But something's there. Something's up. Now he's just, you know how you have nothing happening in Evan Courageous? <laughs> That's right. I have nothing happening in Wade Keller. Okay. You know what annoys me most about Wade Keller? <laughs> the way he pronounces the word WWE. He goes, WWE. And I don't know really? why, but when he says it, it makes me want to punch a baby. <laughs> is that a thing? It yeah, is now. I think it is. <laughs> All right, so fire up the WWE Network. Let's go to Nitro from September 4th, 2000. We're going to hit mute on our television here so we Thank don't God. have to listen to your awful commentary. Thank you very much for that. The first thing we're seeing here, Tony, as we're firing up, is the old WCW logo. Yes. Is this the worst WCW logo in history? That's an exploding vagina is yes. what that is. Now, when I see um, this opening here and this mishmash of stars, it very much feels like which one of these is not like the other. We've got Sting, Goldberg, Kevin Nash, the cat. (laughs) (laughs) You you hit that one on the head. Ernest Miller was okay, wasn't he? Okay, he's okay, but look, the cat, Sting, Booker T, Bill Goldberg. (laughs) What the fuck is this shit? How is the cat here? (laughs) I I have no idea, Uh, but... It was, and it is, as we're looking at it right now, a well-produced open, wouldn't you say? No, I thought it was really nicely done. You know, it, it feels like an interesting time in WCW. And one of the weird things that sticks out here is the old big gold belt and how that belt, at the time, to me, just reeked of tradition. This is Flair and Dusty and Steamboat, and now this. And so here we see the triple cage being constructed. See if you get a Klondike Bill sighting for us Okay, here. I don't see I, I just see television production. Uh, and some of the TV people on top there. No, that wasn't Klondike bill. Uh, Klondike bill would, uh, and here comes Vince Russo and the uh, band of misfits. We've got Kevin Nash and Scott Steiner and such, but this, this cage, you actually mentioned that, that the crew was there putting this thing together at 4am in the morning. Is that a shoot? No, that was bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Klondikeville would have been in charge of constructing this cage no, at this no, point, though? No, Klondike, Klondike ended up passing away that year. He died in 2000. Right. Oh, I didn't know. He, Did died, he died in 2000. He was very sick by this time. You know, it's really hard for me to have a Klondikeville story and yeah. not have something funny, but there's there's really no way in good taste yeah. for me to say anything there, so we're just going to move along. We had, I brought this down, didn't it? The, yeah, you yeah. really did. Thank um, you. Your okay. commentary even here has <laughs> ruined the program, <laughs> not just Who? on the show. What? Uh, and I, I just saw in the... Uh, that This is a pretty good uh, Monday Nitro Open, though, I think, just looking well, at the graphics. Lots of cutaways. I mean, fast and furious, you yeah. know. You could have slipped a nipple in there, and no one would have noticed. It was so furious. Nor would have cared. We're so seen. We're starting with the world tag team title. What do you think of this entrance set? The big giant backdrop in the background. It feels like so, 
Oh my goodness. Uh. Here we are. The insane clown posse is here. And this has gotten me a little bit of, uh, I don't know, Twitter heat in the last few weeks because there are so many people who are a big fan of the insane clown posse. And, and I get, if you're a fan of their music, but them as wrestlers, Tony on a scale of one to 10, can you rate them for me? Yeah, they would be about a three as far as wrestlers are concerned. Uh, as far as guys who really love the business, they would be about a 10. They, they really did love the business and, uh, they put a lot of time and effort into it and they were put in this situation to where, yeah, let's go in and wrestle. Uh, we thought it was pretty good crossover music wise and, uh, they were just weren't wrestlers. They weren't uh, the only ones that just weren't wrestlers that were put in this situation. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. This show is coming to, to us from Dallas, Texas, Reunion Arena, and uh, it, it feels kind of odd to me that they're here. I get that these guys would get a pop uh, in, in Michigan, but it doesn't really make sense in Dallas. And their opponent here, of course, uh, is going to be members of the Filthy Animals, and Conan is, is strutting to the ring, and they've got Tigress with them, and, of course, Ray Mysterio in tow, wearing horns but no mask. Right. Did you did like this. the horny version of Ray Mysterio? I, I did not. And as a matter of fact, if I recall, my only attention at this time was on Tigress as she came into the ring. Uh, and, and that's a shoot. And uh, there's Juventud Guerrero. Uh, I, I never did get the horns. I, I never did well, get he's, it. Well, he's horny. And I thought that would have been something that would have been right up your alley. No. It, no. Um. Conan come, over here, here. come over here and touch that. That's enough. That's enough. I like that. That's enough. How young is Charles Robinson here? Charles Robinson. He may feels, be 45 here because he's in his 60s now, isn't he? I, no, I think he just celebrated his 70th birthday. Okay. But he's still making towns and putting fucking rings together yep. and, and, and up and down, up and down, up and down 98 times a night. And not only that, gets pretty uh, high-profile matches. So, so now we're going to see definitely, and you know I were talking about this, uh, how guys who really can't work uh, get a couple of spots to begin things, and and then the match just goes down to the shitter from here. We're going to see a couple of good high spots here, like right here from Hooventude. So uh, Violent J is now down, and here comes Hoovy on to Shaggy 2 Dope. Is that what they were called back then? Yeah. You remember those names? No, th yeah. I, I don't I, remember those names. I, I just remember the ICP, the Insane Clown Posse. Let That's me tell you a lyric that I think you would get behind. And I know Klondike Bill would be a fan of. They had a lyric from uh, the Great Malenko album, which I believe came out in 97. And uh, it said something like, um, uh, trunk full of Fago, car full of fat bitches. <laughs> and I felt like. That would have been a Klondike Bill special. Like, yeah. he could have got behind that. Yeah, he would have. You know what? There's nothing like having five guys on, on, on the mic at the same time. Well, what I just noticed is right now, as we're doing a podcast, we just look at two podcast brethren. Keeping it 100 was just right. at the table with Disco Inferno. Exactly. And Conan. I, here's the irony of life to me. Like, the Insane Clown Posse are not only making terrible music, but they're also doing terrible matches and promoting their terrible wrestling promotion, the JCW. Uh-huh. Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Are you right. familiar with this? I'm, I'm just no, I'm not. I and I. How can you say they make terrible music? I I can't. I never did listen to their music, so I don't. Well, let me ask you a question, okay. and this is a real question. <laughs> Fucking magnets. How do they work? <laughs> Fucking magnets. That's a song from the Clown Posse. Fucking magnets. How do they work? <laughs> um. <laughs> So uh -oh. here's the irony, I think. Oh, God. The, the clowns yes. are allowed to wear face paint, but the two guys who sold 
millions of dollars in merchandise. Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrero, uh-huh. who, whose livelihood was based around the mask, and it's such a, a rich part of their heritage and tradition in wrestling. Yeah. WCW's like, no, we, uh. we got to see these fucking guys' face. Hey, you guys are going to work these clown rappers. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> I do, it, it sounds like to me that you, it's you're some sort of luchador mark here or something. How, how jealous are you of Shaggy 2 Dope for getting the Bronco Buster from horny Rey Mysterio? <laughs> I'm not. Ray's a nice looking young man, though. Oh, he's and, damn, and he's that's damn probably handsome. one of the reasons they, they took the mask off of him. You know, what, what's so great about this, too, is you've got Charles Robinson in here, yeah. the referee for Ric Flair's last match, the yeah. referee for Shawn Michaels' last match, and here are the Insane Clown Posse. Insane Clown Posse and Horny Hooventude. Or so, Horny Ray and Hooventude. Horny Ray. I sound like the one that's drunk. Well, you? Hoovy was always horny. He had the juice. Uh-huh. So, something about... Violent Jay showing off that he can press Ooh. slam a 98-pound Rey Mysterio. Wow. Yes, there, buddy. It's really impressive. That's, that's Look what a power. badass I am. I'm beating up toddlers. Okay. Uh, they're going to do a spot here. Watch out. They're going to do a spot. This has got to be one fucked up shot. Oh, we're going to do it again. We're going to do the same thing again because we fucked it up last time. <laughs> okay. Hoobie missed his spot. Okay. <laughs> hold it until... We'll just hold him forever. <laughs> until Hoobie comes around. <laughs> You know, this is this is a this is a typical and this is typical WCW, and it's one of the things that I think fucked us up. And one of the things I think, are you? Am I going to talk over the finish here? I mean, you can if you want. You did back then. Okay. (laughs) Watch up top, son of a bitch! Oh, right in the gonads. Horny Ray's got his legs up behind his ears, just like Tony likes it. Okay. For the pen and the filthy animals beat the dirty fucking clowns. Here's here's what I think about this. Oh. Uh, here's what I think about this. And you've got Major Guns in yeah. the back, and Elix Skipper looks like he wants to give her a cat bath. I think he does, too. And we've got major guns on the treadmill here, but she's not bouncing up and down enough. See, I, I wonder if like standards and practices sees this and says there's too much bounce. Put a sports bra on her. That's exactly because what if they this did. is WWE, she's in a t-shirt. Uh-huh. And man, we're, it's just flop city right here. Yeah, and actually, Pamela looks kind of better than she does. Uh, was that her name here, Pamela? Pamela Paulshock. Uh, I it? thought her name was Bobby Billiard. Is it not? Or Bobby Billiard? <laughs> no. It was Pamela Paul. Okay. So the cat and uh, Booker T are climbing into a limo here. What's up with this lady closing? Is this Wendy Turnbuckle? <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, Wendy. How out of place <laughs> is this lady? I don't know who that was. If that like... lady showed up as my limo driver, I would assume I'm going to die. It on looked this like car Jane ride. Hathaway, the, the Beverly Hillbillies. The graphics like. are sponsored by PowerPoint. Look at this. <laughs> MS Paint. Is who did this fall brawl graphic. Now, this is an interesting time in WCW because according to the torch, Kevin Nash was lobbying in a big way to make sure that he got the belt here and not Booker T. He wanted to position it to where Booker T would be perceived as being a failure as a draw with the title. And he wanted the title here and campaigned hard for it. Now, there's lots of stories about people who witnessed that and heard it. But you were there, Tony. I didn't witness that at all. You, so you don't believe that Kevin would have campaigned for that? No, I don't believe he would have. Out next, we've got Vince Russo, easily one of the most controversial figures in wrestling. And he's got his band of misfits with him. Can you remember everybody in this group, Tony? Uh, okay, there's um, Jindrak, right? Yep. 
Okay, and there's Palumbo, and yep. there's Stasiak, and the guy, I don't know who the other guy is. Who's the short, ball-headed guy? Well, one of the guys that... It, Look at this. We know how to build a cage, don't we? Well, what the flying fuck? The door won't even shut. Somewhere, Klondike is rolling over in his grave. Bless his heart, he sure is. So who's the, who's the little bald guy here? I, Reno? Uh, Reno Riggins? Reno Riggins. Okay, thank you. Um, Jesus. Above average, Mike Sanders, though, is yes. going to get some mic time later. Yeah. And uh, Russo was coming under heavy fire, according to the rumor and innuendo from a lot of the guys in the locker room, for his decision to push this particular group of guys because the perception amongst the veterans were they weren't experienced enough they to were be right. getting yeah. this push. You agree with that? I agree with that. And, and there was some heat because of that. There was no question. These were kids right out of the power plant, basically. Right. Right. Well, but now at the same time, and, and you know, I think it's interesting you say that because wasn't Goldberg right out of the fucking power plant? Yeah, but he was much better than these kids. Well, was he better or was it the booking that made him better? Because I don't remember ever seeing a 30-minute clinic from Bill Goldberg. No, you don't remember. But you do remember hearing the pops and seeing great high spots and having the look. There's more than just putting on a 30-minute clinic to getting over. Hang on. So just so we're clear, you're saying that you don't think with a similar push that Sean O'Hare could have been in a similar position to no, Bill I don't Goldberg? No, I, I don't think Sean O'Hare could have been as over as Bill Goldberg in a similar position. Well, I'd like to... I, I You've got to have the go look, Conrad. You've got to have the knack. The whoa, look. whoa, whoa. Sean O'Hare like a million bucks. If we met, let, let that motherfucker go 120-0, I bet he's getting a pop. I'm just freestyling. Yeah. I don't agree with that at all. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about um, the the controversy with Kevin Nash. We kind of shifted gears there. Briefly, you said you don't agree with that. You don't believe that Kevin Nash was lobbying to be champ here. Okay. But you have something to, to back that up? Well, here's the rumor and innuendo. The okay. week before, on August 28th, Nitro drew a 3.5 rating, which was way up from 2.6 the week before. And Kevin Nash wanted to take credit for that, so he put himself in a central storyline here. This is, the, this is the conspiracy theory of wrestling. And so here on this show, of course, he's going to come away as the champ. Here's a spoiler 17 years later, but that's what's going to happen. And, and the rumor and innuendo is Raw is not going to be on air because they're being preempted by tennis. So because they're being preempted by tennis and they're going to pop rating, Nash wants to be able to claim credit. Okay. That's the, the, the conspiracy theory. And supposedly they even talked to Booker T and said, Hey, even though we're taking the belt from you here, we're going to go ahead, um, and, and give it back to you at the pay-per-view because Nash allegedly had to have one of his knees looked at after the pay-per-view. Is any of this ringing a bell to you? The, the knee having to be looked at after the pay-per-view is, but, no, but none of that, you know, there's. There is so much backstage politicking going on that you know, people could be lying about what Nash was saying. Nash could, in fact, have been politicking on the other end. You just didn't know who to believe back then, Conrad. The, uh, the Torch even quoted a wrestler saying, uh. Nash is the best, even better than Hogan when it comes to manipulation. Hogan had a better name or bigger name, but Nash kills you by being so witty and articulate. Sure, Hogan is articulate, but even he can't touch Nash's wit. I don't think anybody who's familiar with Kevin Nash would argue that, that right. Kevin Nash is a witty son of a bitch. Yes, he is. Do you think that he used that to kind of charm some folks into getting his way? Or do you say that that's all bullshit and Kevin Nash wasn't a politician? Well, look, everybody, if you ask me, everybody who was over or everybody who was a, a main eventer had a politician side of them. I, I just don't know who had Russo's ear or who had the boss's ear at that time. Uh, refresh my memory on this because we had so many bosses and so many bookers. Do you know 
who was in charge of WCW at this time? I'm was- glad you asked. It's Brad Siegel, and okay. apparently the word is out that Russo feels like his job is in jeopardy, and he's booking every single show as if his job depends on them popping a rating. So the thought is, when the rating was down so bad two weeks prior to this, he felt like he had to mash the gas. So he did the title change of the week before with Kevin Nash. And now yeah. here he's doing the triple cage, just pulling out all the stops. Yeah. So we're going to cover in a minute where there's going to be qualifying matches for this triple cage. But the concept essentially is instead of dragging this out, like you might normally and giving a big triple cage like this, a four week build and doing it on pay-per-view, we're just going to cram it all into one episode, right. which is what we're covering here today. Yeah. And, and the, the theory is Russo's doing this because he's job scared. Would you agree with that? No, we just, all, everybody, yeah. everybody was. Look, and now that I go back and look at this, and now that you tell me that Brad Siegel was in charge right. of the company this time, here's the, here's the story behind this that, that I firmly believe. All of our jobs were done at this time at that anyway, and we didn't know it. Yeah, and, and there's lots of you know, worry as to what's going to happen. Bischoff is meeting with the company Turner home entertainment to try to figure out how to buy it with Mandalay. And at the same time, there's rumor that maybe the WWF may throw their head in there. And there's even a question mark as to what the programming is, because once upon a time, the rumor was out there that TNT was going to become more of like a lifetime type station aimed more towards women. Uh, all the Braves and Hawks and sports, all of that would be moved over to TBS uh, and that's kind of the thought is they were going to kind of rebrand both of those big stations. So of course, TNT, cause this is like the, the, I guess the beginning of year six on nitro for you guys at this point, Yes, it is. there's a question mark as to, Hey, what's this going to look like? You know, right. it, it, are we still going to be here? Are we moving to TBS? Did you, do you remember hearing any of those rumors all these years later? Or was it all just kind of a blur in hindsight? Yeah, it was a blur. It, it really was. And if you think about it here, TBS and TNT both have been rebranded, right, since right. that time. And what have they been rebranded to? Two pieces of shit stations. Sure. Do you watch anything on TNT or TBS? Not if I can help it. Exactly I mean, right. basketball, okay. you no. know, and baseball. I mean, but that's AM, AMC has passed them. USA has oh, passed them. for sure. FX has passed them. They've all passed them with quality television shows. So so, so what I'm saying now, they got the fucking wrestling curse. So once May Vince they Russo was on okay. their stations, they right. just went to shit. No, once they got rid of wrestling, they died. I was kidding about Vince Russo. No. Hey, so we see Kevin Nash here. Uh, and he takes his watch off and puts it in his pants pocket. Is that not a tell that some shit's about to go down? Yeah, that a bump is going to happen. It feels like he would have taken that off in the back. <laughs> exactly. But, it, you know, I don't know that Nash could give one shit less here. He's wearing a tank top. He's got a baseball hat. He's got on basketball pants. Yeah. I don't think I would ever see Kevin Nash on Raw dressed like this. Would you agree with that? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not so sure. I've, I've, I've seen a couple of the... Uh, well, the attitude era of Raw, that kind of looks like an attitude era for me. Did you notice on the big gold belt there, the nameplate they used for Kevin Nash was right off of an old replica belt? No. They have a toy nameplate on the big gold really? here for Kevin Nash, in okay. my opinion. Only- we happen to be graced with the, the greatness that is leathered by Dan. Dan, that's a toy replica nameplate, right? Thumbs up. From- Should we tell people that we have an audience here with us today? I mean, if you want to. Well, you've already said it. Well, I, it would Matt have been Coon the spirit. Is here. Matt Coon is here. Is He's going to find a way to fuck this show up, too, <laughs> okay. just like he did our best of. Okay. By the way, we're raising money right now for the, the victims of Hurricane Harvey. We'd love to have your support over at loveforhouston.com, and they really need our help right now, don't they, Tony? Uh, they really do. Absolutely, they do. And um, 
we have a lot of people that we know affected by the flood. Sure. And so, yeah, they certainly do need our help. I would agree. Loveforhouston.com. Give all you can. Of course, it's tax deductible. And about this time, uh, Kevin Nash has now turned on Vince Russo in a swerve. They just partnered the week before for Kevin Nash to win the belt. So, of course, seven days later, he has to choke him. And because we're so job scared, the lights are flickering, and now Sting's crawling out from underneath the ring. We got a great the sh- shot. The of light the- is yeah. shining up. The smoke shining up from his butthole. Yeah. I-, I don't understand why we're hot shotting this. Uh, have you ever seen somebody crawl in from the bottom of the ring with less pomp and circumstance than what we just saw? No, and I've never seen anybody crawl from in the ring with a better ass shot than he just got. That shows you how we do. I mean, he comes in. We should make it look. You should have shot it from the other side exactly. and see him burst through. But, but one thing we, we saw the butthole was, cam. Yeah, uh, butthole cam is what we had. Absolutely. We we were so good at that. And so now Nash is, is taking a powder and says Sting kick his ass. Uh, because of course Nash was positioning himself to be a part of this unholy alliance with Vince Russo. Uh but now he's leaving Sting to take care of business here. And Sting at this point is uh, still doing his his crow character that got him over so big in 96 and 97. Did you feel like the Sting character, as it is here, uh, needed to be freshened up a little bit? Well, I thought the Sting crow character was good when he was mysterious and didn't say anything. And now we got a Sting crow that's doing the old Sting uh, promo from years gone by with the spiked hair and the colored face. So, yeah, I, I thought he's... If he is going to go back to the old sting, go back to the old sting. Vince Russo is now running up the ladder like Jim Cornette was giving chase. Uh, he's up top here. And I'll tell you, when I watched this earlier this week, Tony, I couldn't help but think just how fucking dangerous this really is wow. and, and unnecessary. Yeah. They, they did a good job in this uh, to secure the, the floor of the cage more than they did back in the 80s in the Crockett days. They really did. Hey, let me ask you. Um, what was your favorite uh, triple cage match with Luthes? <laughs> George Hackenschmidt, you know, was was one of the most well-rounded yeah. wrestlers of all time. And I just I wonder how many triple cage matches he worked. Exactly, I, I have no idea, and I never seen uh, Luthes come in with uh, with neon highlights either. I know when I think about dangerous weapons, I'd want to hit with someone an aluminum trash can and a guitar are the yeah, first thing. I know. Like if somebody broke in my house, we're taping this at the Conradison. If somebody right. broke in right now, right. I'd be like, Coon, get the guitar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dan, grab the aluminum trash can. <laughs> Where are the fucking handcuffs? That's right. <laughs> it's just, well, you know what we had and we didn't realize it. And I still didn't realize at that time. We didn't realize it until the match got got underway. There was a hardcore section of this cage, and no one smartened us up to it. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody well, I mean, was the, telling anybody anything. But the middle section is is a, it, it looks like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles lair, right? You know? Exactly. Like there's Donatello's gimmick, <laughs> That's right. and so now they're crawling around, and this just feels unnecessary. Yeah. Like these are not trained professionals. It's worth mentioning that Vince Russo is working with a concussion right here. He was seriously concussed a week before. Uh, he was booking TV from home all week and trying to fax things in. After the show, he was on WCW Live and not himself. He couldn't finish sentences. So he books himself into let's climb on the top of a triple decker fucking cage and hope that you're clear headed enough to, you know, not die. Yeah. Not to get dizzy and fall off. Exactly. Yeah. And here's Goldberg, um, 
How would you describe Goldberg's look here? Uh, Goldberg looked pretty fucking tough to me. Had the number 95 on the back of his jersey. You know what that was? Oh, that was his number at the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Go dogs. I, I really appreciated that he came out with not only the shirt, but it was unbuttoned. So you could see his taco meat chest here. <laughs> yeah. Because it just felt like, hey, you know, I'm kind of a badass, mm -hmm. but I want you to know I'm sexy too. Yeah. Okay. Well, that what's wrong with that? Well, I don't think there's anything okay, wrong with exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, it's what Tom Zink would have did. <laughs> and this happened just moments ago, in case you forgot it. Yeah. Four minutes prior. Now, now they get the shot in the replay. Yeah. Of Sting birthing himself <laughs> from underneath right. the ring. He's exactly. crowning right all the way through. Yeah. And he makes sure he, he pulled up his mic. And now they're staring well. down, but there's no lights on that either. No. I really feel like in hindsight, the people who needed to be fired were production people. Uh, there were a lot of them who did need to be fired. And I can give you some names. Well, let's get it. Craig Leathers. Well. Okay, so now uh, Steiner is throwing a trash can like somebody had too many takeaway plates at the hot bar at Shoney's in Ackworth. Rob Wright should have been fired many and, times. <laughs> um, Jeff Jarrett is here. Hey, um, rumor and innuendo about Jeff Jarrett and Tommy Young. So, okay, wait, we're cutting back here. And now we're seeing an introduction of the people at the desk. And let me just tell you, on the left is Powder. Uh, Jeremy Borash <laughs> and on the right is the sexiest big man that popped the crowd here yeah, uh, <laughs> and they're, they're shaving Jeremy Borash's head and this feels like something that T he should have had happened in TNA yeah look at all the ladies there can you name the ladies do you remember all these girls? I don't I don't know any of them no so Mark Madden here in the Hawaiian shirt the rumored innuendo is um and he is TV's best looking big man I am podcasting's best looking big man you sure are um he was kind of the dirty uh commentator at the time right right the the heelish type so me here on yeah. the podcast right um the rumor is that Vince Russo really liked him in Hawaiian shirts. Is that the way you remember it? Uh, no, I don't remember that at all. Why uh, is he wearing a Hawaiian shirt? I, we kind of dressed any way we wanted to. Can I give you a compliment right now? Yeah. You're a damn good looking man right there. Thank you very much. I've like, changed. I saw that guy the other day when yeah. I was watching this. I was like, that's not the guy I know. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't know what happened. I, I do know what happened. Yeah. I got old and fat, motherfucker. That happens. Did, did a Krispy Kreme move near you? Like, what happened? <laughs> okay. Did you do overtime on that Eclipse donut, or what the fuck happened? And I'm a fat guy. I'm allowed to say this. I know you are. But this Tony Schiavone yeah. ate that Tony Schiavone. Yeah. Just wait and this you, one grew a beard. Just wait till you get my age. And fucker. quit cutting his hair. Okay. Yeah. So we've got two Nazis out here. Did you ever see these guys? Did you see them? Oh, I did not. The Harris brothers are here. They've okay. got their SS tattoos. Yeah. They're they're not happy. They they're out here cutting a promo with seemingly no reason to be there. Yeah. Uh and, and they're upset with Mark Madden. Mm -hmm. This feels very throwaway-ish, but it feels very Vince Russo-ish. I don't know how or what has gone on, but why were these guys getting a push here? Why did Vince like them so much? He used them in TNA, he used them here. Mm. Can I tell you something as a shoot here about these guys? Yes. I don't fucking remember them. Well, I wish I did. I don't. I don't remember these fuckers at all. I was watching this thing and said, who in the hell are these guys? The, they look like two horse Hogans to me. They're attacking <laughs> chronic and hitting them in the head with sugar glass. Okay. Here's what's so offensive to me. Okay. They're, they have their, their SS tattoos in plain view. How am I from Alabama and I'm fucking offended? I don't even know a Jewish person. Well, we're talking in 2017. 
And that was 1990, what the fuck? And that was 2000. Okay, things, things have changed in 17 years. All right, so now we've got Shane Douglas with a sleeveless jamboree outfit. It yeah. feels like he works with the Million Dollar Band for <laughs> Alabama. Like that outfit that he's sporting right there. Yeah. And he's with Tori Wilson. Can you use two words to describe Tori Wilson? Uh right here or just overall in life roll tide is what we were looking okay for. I was she's looking roll for, tide i was looking for slutty which is well that's offensive no it's not offensive we're not gonna, oh listen i like slutty we keep our we keep, you like slutty too don't you we keep our slut shaming to missy Hyatt and sunny on this program okay and the cat <laughs> i mean i it, it's, a, it's a it's a nice Kimberly. slutty look isn't it stacy okay it's a Come nice on slutty <laughs> Hey, speaking of, um, I just heard, I was just smartened up this weekend. Oh, are you in the loop on Kimona Wanalea? Are you familiar with her from hey, ACW? Yes, she was, yeah. she was with us for a little while. Yeah. A very attractive Asian lady. Right. Yeah, she was. She had a, uh, a stint as a stripper and then wrestling natural progression. Yeah. Apparently. I'll just say wrestlers are whores. Yeah. Okay. And so here we are. <laughs> right. right? Mm-hmm. And I heard that she was once engaged to Jimmy Hart. Did you know that? I, I had heard that Jimmy Hart fell head over heels in love with her. Well, how would you not? I'd fall head over whatever. Okay. I, I, and, and had heard that they were living together. I didn't hear that they got engaged. I heard they, they moved in with each I other. I heard they were married. And then someone said, no, no, no. He never officially divorced his wife. But, you know. Okay. I, you know, I've given her a cat bath. Well, here's, here's, you know, I talked to Jimmy Hart about a month ago on the phone. And does I, he have more of an Asian accent no, these days? He does not. But <laughs> did it go like, Tony, <laughs> tell me how about your family? Is that the way that went? No. Okay. Uh, he, he told me, he said, just, he said that he, I told him we'd like to come do a, a live show. Oh, my God. Place. Yes. Okay. I need his wife to be there. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And and he said, that sounds great. But once he listens to this fucking thing, the shit's done. I didn't say anything bad. Yeah, I've only ever said that he was married to a hot chick and that he yeah. was Hogan's weed carrier. That's it. I, I haven't said anything else. Talk about uh, unused talent here or misplaced talent. Now, let's talk the about the great fucking Muda in this angle. So we've got Vampiro, the great Muda, and Sting. And this feels like Vince Russo saying, hey, who has fucking face paint? Put them all in the ring. <laughs> God damn it. I forgot about ICP. This could have been a five way. Like exactly. Why are all, I feel like the only reason these guys are in here is because they all have very pale white Kabuki oh, face paint. Look how shitty that bum was. Once again, can I, I wanted to bring this point up earlier. You hate okay. Vampiro, don't you? No, I do not. Not at all. As a matter of fact, I think he and uh, Matt Stryker do a great job on Lucha underground. Much really better do. than we do here. Well, yeah. Uh, I, Oh, the green mist in the eyes. How would you describe green mist in the eyes? What, on the match? Never mind. Okay. Fuck this. <laughs> Keep going with your story. My, my story is that, that they fuck they Okay, is this a one, two, three, one? Well, why two, wouldn't it be? Three, okay. Now, these guys had a pay-per-view feud where they threw each other off buildings and set each other on fire and battled in graveyards. Uh-huh. But now we got a reverse DDT in 19 seconds fucking right. match over. Exactly. It turns we- out you can set him on fire, but if you spit that green mist in his face, it's fucking oh. too late. And there are the clowns, <laughs> right. as predicted. That's right. Let's get everybody with fucking white face paint out there. It'll okay. be awesome. Oh, and then he sprays his mist up in the air, and they all back off like they're... Fucking scared. Great Muda, the most underrated Japanese talent in the history of U.S. Anything underrated? Well, I mean, I, I think with the dirt sheets, the dirt sheets always jacked off to him. I don't know why, but I really dug. 
Lance Storm being so straight about this. Right. Like he's just nothing to this. Not even looking down at Correct. This. Right. I mean, I would be checking out boobs right and left here, but look at it. He's looking in the eyes of Paula. He looks across to Elix Skipper. A <laughs> great line. But I don't want to be Canadian. It's a great line. <laughs> it's great, great line. Yes, it is. Speaking of great lines, we've got uh, Stevie Ray here who recently made podcast news. I don't know if you saw this, uh, but it came out that uh, he says Terry Taylor is the most racist man in the history of pro wrestling. Really? Yes. Your response. Wow. That's my response. Do you have Stevie Ray's number? Yes, I'll get it for okay, you. Okay, get it for him because I want to call that motherfucker. Because uh, I really got along with him, and I want to hear I want to hear the stories about Terry being racist. Because you know how we feel that you can't heap enough shit on Terry Taylor. I don't know anyone who's ever liked Terry Taylor. Yeah, I have it on good authority that Terry Taylor, when he was a small boy, his mom would have to put a pork chop bone around his neck just to get the dog to play with him. It's real. Yeah. Okay. I'm serious. That's a lame ass old joke, is what that is. Is it really? Yes, it is. Here. So Kevin Nash is in the back drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Scott Steiner's just standing around holding a pipe. I know. I'm thinking he's going <laughs> to he's going to clock his ass with. They never did use it. You know, that's not the visual you would imagine. If I said Jake Roberts was standing around holding a pipe, totally different visual. <laughs> totally different visual. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's worth mentioning here as Stevie race coming to the ring. Yeah. This is at a time and, and let's take Can you I back ask to you something. Yeah. Am I even needed in this fucking episode? What do you mean? I don't know. Cause you're, you're on fire. Motherfucker. I, I'm just, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do what I can. WCW 2000 is not that entertaining. You know, you're telling me and you may, you know what the, the bad news is? I was never going to watch this bullshit again until I met you. Yeah. And now you're force feeding me this shit. It's like mystery science theater. 3,000 all over again. Well, that's kind of what this is. And that's yeah. what I want to do for the next live show. Yeah. Um, what I enjoy most about this promo, and I guess I'm going to give a spoiler here in a minute, but he's going to face off with Booker T and Booker T is in the qualifier match. Of course, having most recently been world champ, he's of course figured in in a big way for the triple threat or the triple cage, uh, war games match, but he's got to qualify to get there. So. He's going to take on his own brother here by surprise. Who's going to like sneak attack him. And then afterwards they do a quick promo and explanation as to why that would happen. Do you right. remember what he said? Yeah. He said, you got to be prepared for things like this. Well, specifically kind of. suckers got to know. Suck, well, okay. Suckers got to know. And I want <laughs> suckers got to know to yeah. be our next t-shirt at okay. pro wrestling tees.com. Uh, I don't because I know Stevie Ray come after my ass for some money. Well, what we'll kind of in on that? Okay. I just think it would be cool if we said, Mondays at 6 a.m., suckers got to know. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it, too. So when I was doing some research for this, I ran across uh, the report. Ooh, can I say something here? Please do. We're watching this on high def. What is on his shoulders? Did you notice that when he turned around? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> what is that? On the, be careful about what you say, but what is that on his, what was that on his shoulders? It wasn't a tattoo. It was like too big. Things that you want to kind of pick off, you know, like scabs. He was branded. Really? Yes. Um, are you serious? Are yes. You, when when African-American people are uh, burned like that, uh -huh. the skin bubbles more. And so one of my very best friends uh, was in a black fraternity, and they brand you to join the frat. And it, it bubbles up and burns up Good like God. that. Man. And it's a way of you like being initiated, being initiated showing okay. that you're a man and that you can take it. 
So he was branded. So that is, that is really, wow. really hot metal being pressed into his flesh Holy to show shit. that he can fucking take it. Holy shit. Uh, and, and his brother robbed a Wendy. So these are two bad <laughs> fucking dudes. You know what I mean? Did you, have you checked with uh, Booker T since the, uh, what's been going on in Houston? Booker T is good. He's good. Uh, he's good. really good friends with Bruce Pritchard, as you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and he's safe and, and considering a run for mayor and considering the shit show they've had recently, yeah. uh, he I'd may, for him. Uh, if mattress back runs, he wins exactly. in a runaway, right. but if he doesn't, then suckers got to know they yeah. should vote yeah. for Booker T. Now, can you dig Don't that? Don't hate the player. Hate, hate the, the mayor. Game. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, what I was going to mention is this is at a weird time in the company because Hulk Hogan is actually suing and you know, about the whole bash at the beach, 2000. That was thing. so much bullshit. So you say bullshit. I still say bullshit to that. Well, I asked because it was even in the torch that Hogan's lawyer spoke to like Atlanta media and said, quote, this is a real lawsuit. The yeah. attorney's name is John Taylor. Oh, I, you know what? You know, John Taylor very well. How do you know John Taylor? Did he sue you too? No. John represented me against WCW one year. Really? Yep. And what were you suing? Oh, was that when you sued for your payoff when you were yeah. at WWF? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, quote, what Russo said was uh, defamatory. Is that right? Or yeah, defamatory. Okay, yeah. Same uh, thing. Def, yeah. Defa, defa. Right. In a breach of contract, he said that Hogan was most upset that his children were in the audience. Do you buy that bullshit? No. I mean, given we've seen what we saw on Hogan Knows Best, right. I'm pretty sure they're okay with watching Daddy lay down. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's all bullshit. John's a worker. Uh, the, as a reminder here, we're on our way to Fall Brawl, and Fall Brawl at this time is looking like Kevin Nash against Booker T, Goldberg against Scott Steiner, Jeff Jarrett against Mike Awesome in a bunkhouse brawl, and Shane Douglas with Tory Wilson against Kidman in a Pittsburgh Plunge scaffold match. What? Uh, and this is all around the same time that Bill Goldberg has a new book coming out. I'm next. Mm. Uh, if you had to describe Bill Goldberg's book, Tony, how would you describe it? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Why weren't the Harris twins programmed against Goldberg? Considering their SS tattoos, it feels like <laughs> a natural fit. Does it not? Yes. Yes, it does. It, it feels like a, a natural. Fit. We know that the hero would have prevailed. <laughs> Right. I mean, Goldberg would have smashed them at the yeah, same of time. He yeah. Yeah. I think it would have been great. Absolutely. Now, here's a sucker's got to know. Sucker's got to know. Uh, a famous uh, wrestler who I happen to be friends with once took a shower with Harlem Heat. Oh, whoa. Really? And he, and he was telling me that after he took a shower with Harlem Heat, he gave them new nicknames. And, and that was? Big Heat and Little Heat. <laughs> and I'll let you decide which ones, but I'll tell you this sucker's got to know. <laughs> Up next, we've got Chronic yeah. walking into the back, and they're wearing yeah, the, shirts right out of Buff Bagwell's closet. This was this was actually this was actually very funny. Uh, the Young Dragons did a very good job here of. of That's Cass of, Hayashi yeah. and uh, Jimmy Wang Yang yeah. and uh, whatever they are. J Jamie Noble in a mask. Jamie Noble that? in a mask. Good job, Matt. Okay, Matt knows more about this shit than I do. Well, who doesn't? In fairness. <laughs> Oh. Jamie Noble forgot to jump and they reminded him <laughs> and then forced him <laughs> right through the table. Exactly. Jamie Noble's dead. Maybe Nidia can come revive him. Uh, and now we're going to go from shitty to shittier. Now, can you describe these three characters? Right yes. Here? Okay. We've got uh, Sugar Chain Helms, which of all three of them. Most talented. Most talented and underrated. Uh, underrated. And, and the guy in the middle is uh, just a turd. 
Evan Courageous. Well, Shannon Moore was the other fellow. Okay, so uh, there's another turd unnamed. Okay, well, I like Shannon. He's a nice guy. But Is he? Here comes Chronic. Uh, and at the time, they, they had a, a saying that they were breaking necks and cashing checks. Mm, right, I remember that. Uh, and they're going to be three on two here. Okay. Okay. Uh, which feels like something Buff Bagwell charges by the hour for. <laughs> okay. I feel like you could, and I realize they're not with us anymore, but if they were around, I think both of these guys would be on CowboysForAngels.com. <laughs> they would be good at that, wouldn't they? You know, a good friend of mine over the weekend told me that um, that whole For Angels part was a rib. That, uh, well, what? you know. Okay. And he says that that was the case even before wrestling. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Apparently, apparently that was the case. You're saying that the- pump handle slam something Buff Bagwell will do for you uh. over at Cowboys Four Angels didn't take care of Shannon Moore at all there. No regard <laughs> for human life. No. And now he himself has lost his. Yes. Uh, of the Bryans here, which one did you think was more talented? Uh, I thought Brian Adams was. Really? Yeah, I really did. What what didn't you like about Brian Clark? See, uh, you you put me in a tough situation. Not that I didn't like anything about Brian Clark. I just thought he was probably better as. Uh, I thought Brian Rath. Clark had a better look. Oh, Wrath was a great look. Yeah, right. I mean, now speaking of great looks, yeah. here comes J E Double F himself. Right. Uh, we've we've talked on the program before how he gets a really bad rap from fans online, but I found him to be very charming and engaging. As a real person, like when I just met him in real life, I thought Jeff was great. He is one. Of, he is. He's tremendous. He really is. Anybody who knows Jeff Jarrett really likes him, and got a good head for head for business too. Always. So here comes the cat. Somebody <laughs> call Mrs. Mama. Jones. Boy, Mrs. Jones, even in a collar, looks good, huh? Do Woo. you think she got that because one of the boys donkey punched her? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, but... here's, we're gonna see why she got it. Oh, no, taking the Jeff Jarrett hit the balsa guitar right over her head. Wow. Have you that? ever? Did you ever play with the balsa guitar? It feels like that would have been something you would have had fun with. Play with it? Well, like you know, it's a gimmick, right? Right. And so it's balsa wood or right. some similar shit. It feels like you would have been like, I need to take one of those home and smack Chris Shivani <laughs> over the fucking head with it. No, but by God, that would have been a hell of an idea. I mean, I think that'd be great. Exactly. What yeah. do you mean you got to see on your report card? Come here, boy. <laughs> Whack. You better get all A's next time you slap nuts. You know, we we used to travel with like twenty of those guitars. I mean, they had. It was it was part of the props truck. All those guitars were. Um, yeah, I think he still has several hundred of them. I'm and they're sure probably he does. available. Oh, look at a schoolboy! And the we dr- missed it. You see, we missed that fucking spot. I mean, it was a schoolboy. What did you? No, really miss? we fucking missed the. We missed the whole setup for because we were we were on Jeff Jarrett. On no, the let me ask you this: This yeah. is this is rumor and innuendo. Yeah, okay. Vince Russo the week before got a concussion. Do you recall how? I do not know. The cat kicked him upside the fucking dome. Okay. So the question is, did he mean, did he mean to concuss the motherfucker? No, I don't think so. Because no. he's Eric Bischoff's boy. Right. He's in the business because of Bischoff. Oh, oh so you're Bischoff's kind of on the outside looking in. Right. And they said they put an inexperienced guy in there with another inexperienced guy. What did Russo expect? Well, the cat's been kicking people in the head for real his whole life. He probably knows how to pull it a little short. But yet, somehow, bro, got fucking rocked. No, no, wait a minute. If you've been kicking people in the head your whole life, for real, do you really? He's know been how training to- children, so he probably knows how to not kick children full blast in the fucking head, okay. just freestyling. I mean, right. that's how Bischoff met him. Okay, well, 
I know Matt Coon kicks his kids in the head, but that doesn't mean everybody <laughs> yeah. does. Have you seen those lip sync videos Matt Coon puts on I his Facebook not. with those kids? Really? He has like 30 kids he has held hostage, and right. he says he's teaching them music, right. but they just learned to lip sync. <laughs> How fucking long does that really take? <laughs> Apparently a whole summer. <sighs> it's a rib. Yeah, remind me to stay away from that shit. Do not send your kids there if you okay. care about them. Right. I'm just saying. In the middle of um, central fucking Virginia. No, nothing good ever came out of Richmond. I agree. Exactly. So in the back, a shirtless Scott Steiner just chilling. And I don't know why, but... <laughs> a few moments ago, he was calling Vince Russo an ass. And oh, now, now he's out and he's hitting the <laughs> table. Yeah. I don't... Son of a bitch is what he said walking away. And that's how Scott Steiner was. He just really cool... Then all of a sudden he would explode. So Scott Steiner is not happy. Uh, and, and Goldberg has Parker's jump rope around his neck. <laughs> so Scott Steiner is not happy that chronic has now advanced yeah. because he feels like that's going to hurt his chances to win the title. So he's upset with right. Vince Russo here. That's part of the story. Now. Um, and Russo, I guess at this time, is really feeling the pressure because he probably feels like if WCW goes out of business or if he loses this job, he's pretty well burned the bridge with the WWE. Well, that's not true. He was he was rehired by WWE. He didn't last long. There. Yeah, you for know two that. weeks. You which know, is two weeks more than you got, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not getting it is. But you you know why he left WWE the second time, don't you? Well, they asked him to leave. You know why they asked him to leave, don't you? Stephanie McMahon. Yes. He, Russo told me that he walked in and said, I can only tell you guys the truth about this. And as long as Stephanie McMahon is here running creative, this company will never do anything. He said, I'm sorry, that's the way I feel. And they told him to leave. So he basically told Vince and everybody in the WWE that she wasn't worth a damn, and then they fired him. And uh, In hindsight, was that... A good career move for him? No, it was a terrible career move for him, but that's the that's the way he felt. So. I'm just freestyling. If somebody right. came into your business and said, listen, Lois is the fucking shits. You're going to have to get rid of her if you ever want to do anything. Yes. Now I'd like a raise. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like the best career decision. No, it doesn't feel like the best career decision. And then... So here's Tori Wilson cutting a promo. Yeah, with that screeching voice of hers. What? Boy, you just really don't like... I Tori. like Tori. Did Tori reject your offer? No, no. I, I like Tori at all. Uh, Hypothetically, if you were making a pass at Tori, what would that sound like? <laughs> Tori Wilson, come here. <laughs> <laughs> come over here, jack me off. <laughs> I feel like it'd be like, Tori Wilson. <laughs> Eating ain't cheating. Come get your cat bath. <laughs> if you fuck Billy Kidman, you'll fuck anybody. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, we are off the rails. Here we go. Which is true. Fuck, she fucked that little two foot one fuck. Uh, here's what I don't understand at this point, because... A few years prior to this, Shane Douglas was being regarded as being one of the top guys and, and, and having it in the business. Had a lot of buzz in the underground. I'm talking about ECW. Okay, and, right. And so people thought, man, the potential here is just through the roof. And now he's here and just really not setting the woods on fire. Yeah. Do you feel like that, you know, he was a, a big fish in a small pond and he didn't have what it took on the big stage? Or was it just a, a victim of booking or timing? Or what would you say? Well, here's one, here's my first thought about it. 
I think maybe that we approached guys who were over in ECW the way that Vince approaches guys who are over in WCW. Keep them underneath. Keep them pushed down. Does that make any sense to you? No, it does make sense. Yeah. I, and I can't argue that, you know, but it's just curious that a guy like Raven comes in and does, in my opinion, considerably better here than, say, a Shane Douglas did. Mm -hmm. And at the time, Shane Douglas was considered to be the more legitimate, quote-unquote, worker. Anyway, wow. Goldberg Legitimate here. Worker. But Shane has got good facials. We're looking at it right now. Absolutely. I he, feel like he's very underrated. I, I do, too. Absolutely. Got a great talker. Uh, I, I agree. Absolutely. Now, here's, here's the other theory. To kind of catch everybody up, by this point, Benoit and, and the rest of the radicals, we'll call them, okay. they'd already left. And so they jumped ship, and the plan was Shane was supposed to go with them. And they all had a plan to go visit Vince McMahon and make their pitch because they'd all gotten their releases. And then they didn't take him. Their wow. friends fucked him around wow. and told him they were going on this day. And they really went on that day Jesus. and didn't return the phone calls. So it was this vote of solidarity all for one. Yeah. And then he was kind of left here. Well, just a snippet of how shitty the business really was behind the scenes really was did you hear that story huh i had heard that story yeah I, I don't know if it's true or not goldberg here is 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 working with shane douglas and and shane earlier in the show had the campaign and he wanted the uh the naturals uh the natural born killers to be or natural born thrillers or whatever to be with him and uh tory wilson saying no you don't need those guys and vince russo after he leaves the room says hey just watch out for him and in the torch, they would even comment that Shane managed to get a better than average match because seemingly at this point, they were still doing two minute squashes with Goldberg, but they went four minutes here and the, and the torch in a non jokey way mm. said that it was gr good on Shane to get the extra two minutes out of Goldberg. Do you remember the talk being that it was that difficult to work with Goldberg? No, I, I, I think people were. What I remember was people were scared to death of him because he was so stiff. Now, let's talk about that because this scared to death thing I don't think has been addressed enough. And, and I hadn't even heard this until I did my research this week. But, you know, we'd always heard that Goldberg started to become a little bit of a prima donna here and difficult to work with uh, and would undermine shit and change creative and just be argumentative. Oh, but, really? Now, okay. So let me tell you, let me ask you this story. Because right. a week prior to this, there was, there was an incident uh, where... He and Evan Courageous were standing around near the ring before the show gets going, and Goldberg extends his hand to Evan Courageous. Evan Courageous observed that he had just shifted himself in his pants and thought, hey, he's trying to shake my hand as a rib, and just turned his back to the handshake. Mm -hmm. Goldberg blows his stack, um, grabs the guy, puts his hand on his throat, and is screaming, losing his, losing his mind. And before everything, you know, cooler heads prevail, but he was trying to really get physical with Evan courageous here. And that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way who had a lot of faith and confidence in Kevin Nash, specifically Evan courageous, because when they go around and say, who saw what Kevin Nash who was standing right there said, I didn't say anything. Mm. And Evan courageous thought Kevin Nash had his best interest in mind and was looking out for him and considered him a buddy or a brother. And then he wouldn't rat on Goldberg. Jesus. Goldberg tried to apologize. Apparently Evan courageous, uh, popped off and said that, you know, he was a $2 million brat or some yeah. such. Do you remember this fight or incident at all. at all? No, I don't remember this fight at all. But what I'm saying about Goldberg is, is that not necessarily that he, 
I never heard about Goldberg being a prima donna, but I heard about Goldberg being so stiff and so green that you could get hurt in the ring with the shit he was doing. Because the shit he did, was doing was look, look real, and the reason it looked real was because a lot it of it was. was real. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that really, like, I, I guess that's the thing is you're putting over him at the beginning of this program saying that he was over and he had natural charisma, or did he just fucking hurt people without regard for them? Because the whole idea behind wrestling is to make it look like it hurts, but not actually hurt anybody. Exactly. He wasn't the first, though, that did that. I mean, you can't. But, but he ended Bret Hart's career. Okay. I mean, so, well, if we're going to, yeah, I yeah. guess you, you don't I, like me to say that. That's just me. Okay. I And I don't. So. You, but he didn't end your career or kick your fucking head into the third row. No, he did not. No, he did not. So now we've got uh, the Natural Born Thrillers out there. And, of course, Goldberg's going to squash all of them. Right. Look at this stupid. Chuck Palumbo's next. Yeah. yeah. The event, right? Is that what we called him back yes, then? Yes, he was. Yes. yes. Uh, right. Here's above average Mike Sanders. Yeah. Um, above average Mike Sanders went on to do comedy. Did he? Yeah. Well, he was a good talker. He, he really was. He I was felt like talker. he was a good promo. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I thought he had an upside right. as, as a mouthpiece. Right. Now, if I recall from watching this, they had me. Goldberg has no idea how to do a pump handle yeah. slam. Ugh. Yeah, this is all stiff shit right here. So we're just hurting people and spitting on them. Yeah, basically what it is. Look He's at choking this. him like he did Evan Courageous now, uh -huh. okay. grabbing his ding-ding. Okay. And then Ooh. a spear shit. on Shane Douglas. So Goldberg has just destroyed 98 men. Yeah. But the fans are buying it, right? Well, I mean, I think anybody yeah. wants to see somebody get beat up for real. Well, but still, they're they're still buying it, okay? Well, they're uh, buying it because he's beating people up for real. Yeah. A story, uh, a well-known story in the for the Atlanta Falcons, there's a one, two, three, is that when Goldberg played for the Falcons for a short period of time, he would challenge all the Falcon players to wrestle because he loved wrestling, right? Right. And uh, he would end up, like, stretching all of them and – Somebody said to Bill Frelick one time, you know, Frelick was a part, I think, of WrestleMania 2. They said, Frelick said, you, uh, you've wrestled before. Why don't you hop in there with him? Frelick said, that motherfucker's nuts. He'll hurt you. Right. So I so think I, that motherfucker's hut, he'll, uh, nuts. He'll hurt you extended to 2002. Frelick should have smartened up Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah. So tell me the Bret. I don't know the Bret Hart well, story. I'm sure we'll cover it at some point wow. when he kicked okay. his head in the third fucking row. I was row. handsome back there, wasn't I? You really were. Look next, at to, you. next to Jeremy Borash, actually. No wonder you have 19 kids. But a lot of that may have just been you You positioned yourself between Mark Madden and Powder. <laughs> you know? Right. Borash looked look like shit there. I didn't realize that. Okay. Um. So the, the Bill the Bill Goldberg book, I'm Next, was coming out, and it was promoted as being high energy, exciting, and a hilarious story of how Goldberg went from unemployed football player to undefeated world champion in just 18 short months. Mm. So there you go. What did you think of the book? I didn't read the book. I tried to read it, but I got hurt doing so. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gary Michael... <laughs> The crowd popped out. <laughs> yes, they um, Gary Michael Capetta uh, was writing his book at the same time, too. Body Slams, Memoirs of a Wrestling Pitchman. Did you ever read that one? No. So you have some, some heat with Gary Michael Capetta? No. I mean, why would I read, a, why would I read that book? <laughs> <laughs> no, no shit on Gary, but what, what, would, what impetus would I have to open that, to crack that fucking book? You, are you Did sure? he shit on me in the book? No. D did he? No. Okay, well, he's the first that didn't. Um, let's move along here. 
Man, I was good looking there. Vince Russo and uh, Big Vito had recently appeared on a New York uh, radio station, and Hogan. Hold on. Okay, uh, so we've got Major Gun swimming in a pool here. Here, Elix yeah. Skipper has his shirt off, uh-huh. uh, and of course, Lance Storm is there, and they're trying to train wow. her on how to be Canadian in a bikini. Yes, uh, and, we- and I believe we're going to see a run in here in a few minutes. Yeah, we are. And and how can you describe these guys who are hiding in the bushes? <laughs> you There's see a, Hugh Morris hiding behind a twig. He's 400 pounds. Uh, there you go. And in, in goes. <laughs> and uh, and it's a pool party. And, th- and then uh, yeah. huge erection is <laughs> yeah. is there. And they all jump with the in. wall. Oh God. And we're wondering why think, we're unemployed right now. I think now. everybody yeah. jumping in the pool was actually. Uh, a mean like an internet thing this summer. Really? Yeah, I think where people were like jumping in the pool at the same time was actually an internet meme, and WCW was doing it even back here. Okay. I feel like this is almost like wrestling's version of the Bad News Bears. <laughs> the way we've yeah. got Vince Russo mm-hmm. talking to this group of uh, yeah. natural-born thrillers. Right. Reno Riggins. What's your favorite Reno Riggins match? I didn't remember Reno until you told me his name at the first part of this podcast, so don't ask me that question. And, and the there's Vince went. Russo with his helmet. Too bad he wasn't wearing that when Cat knocked his fucking head off. <laughs> you know, right. it could have helped. Okay. So here's Arn Anderson, and he can't help but comment about how she's wet and uh-huh. she looks great. Exactly. Always in a in a shitty show. Always bring Arn Anderson in to save it with a good promo. Stacy Keebler here and David Flair are going to be getting married next week on yeah. September 11th <laughs> in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'd like to remind everybody that Ric Flair's son got married to Stacy Keebler on September 11th, 2000, and a year later, yes. on their one-year anniversary, That's right. coincidence, I think not, Flair hit it first. <laughs> Available now at ProWrestlingTees.com. Okay. Uh. Um, it's worth mentioning here that Billy Kidman was supposed to be the person getting the big push here, but he's injured. Really? So they call an audible and instead they push big Vita. Who's getting really good reactions to did, the surprise of everyone. Yeah. Did Kidman have vaginitis? Was that it? No, he was actually injured. I think okay. he pulled a hammy banging his hot wife, Tori Wilson. <laughs> okay. Um, so big Vito here had recently been on the radio with, with Vince Russo and they threw down a challenge to John rocker. Do you remember this? I, no, I do not. You remember what John Rocker said? No. What, what he said about, yes, in New York got him. Yes. Yes, right. So they tried to go into business for themselves, bro. Okay. And challenge him for something on WCW. How much heat would John Rocker have had had he appeared at a pay-per-view for you guys? Uh, well, you know, he, he showed up at a couple events for us, but they wouldn't use him. That feels like the biggest waste. Yeah. In the history, when you've got that much heat, why would you not use that? I, he was, okay, he was on a rehab assignment with the Richmond Braves, and we were at the Richmond Coliseum, and we sent a limo to pick him up because Tanae was in the limo to pick him up. Was there a black driver? <laughs> yes, it was Vincent, okay, <laughs> yeah. to pick him, pick him up. and Sort of beat him with his ding-dong <laughs> Forget out of line. And they brought him in the back to talk to him and they couldn't work out anything. And I don't know if it was because of the Braves, because of his agent, because of what he didn't want, but they tried to work out something with him. So, so now we've got Mike Sanders doing a promo. Why don't you think Mike Sanders uh, ever got a bigger shot in the business? Was his in ring work not up to snuff? In well, he did, I, I just, he looked, well, they, they put him with a bunch of muscle heads and he didn't look the part, right? 
I felt like he's kind of like the Enzo to Big Cass, yeah, right? Exactly. To make a reference exactly. to the current product. He should have been a cruiserweight. Exactly. He should have been, should have been on 205 Live. I, I do like that right here. He says, based on my count, Big Vito, there's five of us <laughs> and one of you. I know. And there's six of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I brought that up on the commentary. You there. did. The yeah. commentary there. You uh, were good at numbers even back then. <laughs> Thank you very much. And screaming, too. God. Um, look, look, how, look how mad they are. Boy, they can... They are angry, aren't they? They really know how to act. And he was talking about, Vito was talking about jerking each other off in a shower here, too. Yes. Which I feel like is probably something we haven't done nearly enough on this show. What, jerk each other off in the shower? <laughs> no. I was, <laughs> I was just talking about you know jerking off in general. Okay. Did you see this past weekend for Labor Day uh, that the Charlotte Knights, uh, one of the bitter rivals of the Gwinnett Braves, actually had Crockett Night, and they had the Rock and Roll Express, they had J.J. Dillon. Yeah. They had Tommy Young. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. How many people do you think hit Tommy Young with <laughs> our catchphrase for the very first time this weekend? I'm sure Tommy's like wondering what in the world is going on. I think he's going to find his flip phone and call you up and complain. <laughs> yeah. If he knew my number, which is unlisted, by the way. I was, I was at the Crockett uh, night last year, they had a crock and was night. Tommy Young there? Tommy then? was there. Yeah, Rock and Roll Express was so there. So you might be there next year. <laughs> yeah, you I'm might a... have some splaining to there. <laughs> exactly right. I'll go. I'll give him a shirt. I'll I think say, you should give him a shirt. Yeah, I'll say word, Tommy. I um, I've always been curious about Big Vito here because I think a lot of people forget that Big Vito is one of the rare wrestlers who worked for ECW, who worked for the WWE, right. Who worked for WCW? Uh, pretty underrated, wouldn't you think? Yeah, and I like the Mafia Kick, didn't you? Well, I, I, my favorite clip of you and the Mafia Kick is on YouTube. Yeah. When you call it the Mafia Kick, and Heenan and Dusty, and Dusty yeah. has a has a field day. Yeah. Tony, he kicked him in the mush. Uh, of course, they're all going to take turns here, just beating the shit out of Big Vito. Which makes sense. I mean, he was getting a push, so let's just squash <laughs> him out let's just one squash week him. later. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, conspicuous by his absence during this era is Scott Hall, who is uh, reported as being in excellent spirits and very happy living at his home in Florida and basically not interested in returning to wrestling, even though he's been medically cleared and he's still being paid here by WCW. Mm. At this point, did the company not have any... Uh, faith or confidence in his ability to sort of stay straight, I guess you might say. I guess they didn't have any trust that if they would put him in a big program that he would be able to perform in a big program is what I'd heard. This, uh, this show, you know, what we kind of described earlier as being three hours worth of content or maybe even three weeks crammed into two hours. Um, Russo was telling people at the time that he was disappointed in the management and he didn't feel like they supported his creative and were willing to kind of see things through. Yeah. So he felt like he had to sort of, to use a wrestling term, hot shot, all right. of this stuff. Right. Do you think given the, the climate and the temperature at the time that that was a fair assessment? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every, a lot of people were, were, were trying to uh, keep their jobs. And a lot of people trying to keep their jobs. were just trying to well, watch Sean O'Hara here. And I want you to tell me that in your opinion, uh-huh. uh, he couldn't have got over like Goldberg did. Okay. Okay, as soon as we get this fucking guy. <laughs> Jim Drack. <laughs> okay. All there right. There we go. That's a big motherfucker to be doing a movie. It's like a that. swanton bomb. Thank you. 
<laughs> they should put me on. Uh, they should put me on SmackDown. Swanton bomb. But JBL would pick on me, and I. Well, cried. they could put you on, um, but JBL's not there anymore. He's leaving. Oh yeah, I'd heard that. Right. You could be the color guy. Yeah. If no, you could I'm, figure I'm, out how to do that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But uh, you wouldn't do that. No. I would Fuck not, you. you I, fu- I would not go back there and do commentary again. Yes, you would. No. We'd have to give this up. If and the money's right, have fun. Why wouldn't you do that? We're only doing this till the fucking wedding's paid for anyway. <laughs> no, I have. I got news for you. We're doing it way past the wedding. Are we? You and I are joining the end for a, a long bitch. time. <laughs> I thought I was getting out of this. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, okay. Then I'll quit and you go back and sucking Bruce's dick. You know, me sucking Bruce's dick got an award. Did <laughs> <laughs> you know that? That's podcast of the year. <laughs> Tony Schiavone has passed away. He's choking on ice. <laughs> He's spinning everywhere. <laughs> All right, in the back, we see Big Papa Pump uh, warming up for Tommy Young. Vince Russo's got his helmet on. I'm not sure what the fuck is going on. But, <laughs> Tony's really in trouble, folks. <laughs> He's about to spill his drink and die. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> Luca Brazzi. All right, so next up, we've got uh, a backstage promo here with Chronic, Booker T, and Sting. We're getting ready for the war games. Give me something, Tony. We're, we're, I guess we should explain that we had to stop recording for a minute. We thought you were going to die in my, <laughs> right. my den. Downstairs. That's right. That would have been great, man. Me dying in your den watching fucking wrestling. That's how I want to go. Okay. Uh, your last words would have been... <laughs> Conrad Thompson, <laughs> stick something down my throat so I can breathe. <laughs> well, well, just uh, I'm just freestyling here, if you know what I mean. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, she was really good at holding the mic there, wasn't she? I See how fit- she gripped it real yeah. tight, right at the near the middle. You know when you when you rearrange yourself in your chair, you know the bullshit. I know coming. the bullshit's coming, right? So go ahead. You heard over the weekend what? Well, it's bullshit. I'll just keep it to myself. Okay. Uh, so we're right. This show this, works uh, better when you. Throw out the bullshit. You know that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Which okay. is why I do it every week. Cause people get mad. <laughs> That's right. Well, and they're like, "Why are you talking just about facts? Why do you guys have to insinuate Tony's gay?" I'm like, "We're not insinuating. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're just not." Uh, so Dallas, Texas. Why wasn't that a bigger market for y'all? Do you think? I mean, it feels like WCW never really caught fire there the way they should. Yeah, have. I know. And if you take a look at, uh, we really didn't have a sellout there. I mean, they they no. darked, they had a lot. I I don't know. I I just. I mean, it was an old NWA territory. Stronghold. Yeah. It sure was. With the and you go. I mean, even back to world class, this was a very a very big wrestling town. Yes, it and was. And for whatever reason, here WCW was just not 
you know, setting yeah. the woods on fire. What did what did they put in Texas Stadium with Flair and Kerry Von Erich back years ago? You know, well, it was a record at the time. Yeah, it right. wasn't full, but right. I mean, but it was still. a lot of folks. Right. Yeah, they still made a lot of money. You know, we get this question all the time: Your slap dick is that a variation? Are you ripping off Jeff Jarrett's slap nuts? No, it's not. No. Where where your where'd your dick come from? <laughs> where, uh, slap dick came from the. Uh, the basketball coach, University of Georgia, Jim Herrick, who was a basketball coach at UCLA and led him to the title, he would use that sometimes in the back and make us all laugh, saying, slap dick. And I always thought that was a funny term, and that's how I, I started using it with the University of Georgia. You know, they beat Appalachian State this past weekend. I started using it at the University of Georgia in our, uh, with our broadcast team, calling them all slap dicks. And then I started using it... Uh, in the Braves in the back calling that, you know, when we would play a bad game called it slapdick baseball. So, so we're, we're getting started here. Sting starting like a house of fire against uh, Jeff Jarrett and they're inside this cage match. And, um, there's ladders all around. So you could climb up to the second level. Yeah. Do you remember the, um, the silly rules of this match? Can you kind of recap them for us? Yeah. The silly rules you had to go up and grab the belt up top and then go back down and go out the door. So you had to go through a gauntlet to get up and then a gauntlet to get down. And that was the, the silly rule. The thing that kind of jumped out to me is that in the corner over there, there are posters for a new movie, the way of the gun and it's draped over the guardrails and it feels really, really random. Like why would a wrestling fan bring that? Do you think that, Somebody was getting paid for the placement there. I mean, why would there be yeah, a movie? That, that would have to be it. Yeah, it has yeah, to be. Sure. And I didn't notice those until were I, they there the entire night or just? Well, specifically just, here is when they're getting really good right, shots of right. them. Yeah, it feels like like some sort of guerrilla marketing. Hey, so Medusa is uh, allegedly starting to work as, as like an agent for some of the women wrestlers and training with some of them. And supposedly she took some liberties with Tori Wilson around this time. And you were kind of talking out of the side of your mouth about Tori earlier. And we all know that you would like to ride bitch on Medusa's bike. Yes, I would. And Do you I remember anything about this Medusa Tori situation? Uh, I remember hearing about it. What it was it true? I don't know. And Medusa and I were very good friends and she never did, uh, Tell me about this that I know of. Before you nearly passed I would away, like to see her and Tori get into a fight. Would you scream like, like Joey Styles, cat fight? Cat yeah, fight. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I would. Um, Ever tell you how much I love Medusa? I mean, love Medusa. Uh, what, what are your two favorite things about Medusa? Uh, her personality and her wit. Yeah. So... Um, Scott Steiner comes I, out and he's got on a mask here, I yeah. guess, to protect his nose. I guess it was like a, I don't know. It was like some, what they used in the NBA at one time before they got the clear mask in. No one really understood why that happened or why he was doing this. Now, according to the rumor innuendo, it was because he was brown nosing Vince Russo. <laughs> he had been such a handle for everyone, but he had been on his best behavior for Vince. Uh -huh. Do you believe that there was renewed confidence in Russo? I asked because in the torch, you know, you, you see a lot of the maybe shit disturbers are out of the company at this point or on the sidelines. Buff Bagwell's not here. Right. Scott Hall's not here. Lex yeah. Luger's not here. And the morale amongst the mid-card is supposedly at an all-time high. And then guys were even positioned to be like the Russo Big Six. Do you remember hearing about this? The Russo Big Six? I do not. So the gist is there's a handful of guys who Russo felt like he could really build around and hang on to. And it's probably 
not that big as of a, of a surprise as to who all was in the big six. Do you want to guess? Natural born thrillers. Were you, they in it? No. Okay. Uh, sting. Sting is in there. Okay. Uh, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's in there. Okay. Uh, Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner's in there. Okay. So I, I need three more, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, well, it wouldn't be Kevin Nash, would it? Kevin Nash is in there. Kevin Nash is in there. Okay. You're getting there. Well, I guess I got everybody here in this main event just about, right? I mean, you got it. So he's, he's okay. really starting to build around, you know, his, his six big guys. And supposedly the veteran wrestlers, you know, that the younger wrestlers really respect are, are Sting, Goldberg, Bret Hart, Booker T, and Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. But supposedly they have a very low opinion of Kevin Nash, Lex Luger, and Chronic. Do you believe that to be true? Uh, I'm sure that's the case. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you remember around this same time there being some sort of uh, mandate from WCW that you cut down on some of the risky programming or risk A programming? Oh, yeah. No question. Uh, that's why they, you know, they sent a guy around with us. They, standards and practices. Standards and practices. A guy named Galen. And we had another guy uh, who was, uh, believe it or not, Tom Glavin's brother. Wow, I didn't yeah, know that. Tom Glavin's brother. Was would travel around with us sometimes. So Glavin was throwing heat, and his brother was blocking it. <laughs> exactly right. And a lot of times, what would happen is that they would, we would have a meeting, and we would go in, and they would come up with this outrageous shit, and they would go into standards and practices, and the standards and practices would say yes or no, and even when they said no, they would go back and say fuck it, we're going to do it anyway. And so we would have a lot of heat. And I think that also led to the the downturn of our company too. You know, doing business on our own. Right. Galen was a pretty good guy. He was a sharp guy, and he let him get away with a lot of things. But uh, they just a lot of times just said, fuck it. Now, here was the hardcore cage match, and we had no idea about this. We were not told. You, you're an announcer. You're outside. You're trying to provide the soundtrack to this, and you have no idea what the gimmick is. The only thing I know is that you have to go up, get the belt, and got to go down. I didn't know. When Scott Steiner got the, uh, got the bolt cutters, that kind right. of blew me away. I, I remember thinking... Where in the fuck do those things come from? Lots of folks were complaining, according to the rumor and innuendo, yeah. about Chronic and their lack of selling, specifically just a week or two prior to this when they worked with Elix Skipper and Lance Storm. Hmm. Do you remember there being lots of, of conversations about people not selling? It was even noted in the torch that they had to really convince Kevin Nash to sell for Big Vito in the lead-up to this show. Do you recall any sort of conversations about selling well there's been always always been conversations about selling i remember conversations in the 80s about the road warriors not selling shit i mean in this era though at this point it feels like everybody should be cool with selling yeah everybody should be cool with selling but you know what not everybody could sell well get out of the fucking business well, well i always thought selling was like an art form that you could either do it or you couldn't how do you think goldberg was as when it came to selling well i didn't i don't think he was a good seller at all but I, I, did, I, did, I don't, I don't think they wanted ago. him to sell. Well, he didn't. Bret Hart <laughs> sold that kick, though. <laughs> hey, so uh, let's talk about Kevin Nash because Iris it, up there. You go. He's big to be a really big part of this match, of course. And you know the Nazis are in there with Chronic, <laughs> and uh, they're all taking turns uh, beating up the baby faces uh-huh. and, and each other with <laughs> aluminum trash cans and other various Ninja Turtle items. Yeah. Um, Nash supposedly takes issue with Johnny Ace. So Johnny Ace is here with the company. 
Oh, you just cut eyes at me. Wow. I, I didn't remember Johnny H being with the company at that time. Um, it was written in the torch at a recent taping Nash approached Johnny H and called him a stooge as Nash believes Ace designed the fine system. Apparently WCW had started to fine wrestlers, uh, if they were tardy. So if you were late showing up like Conan and Rey Mysterio had been, they got fined. Uh, when Kevin Nash got a fine, he called Johnny Ace a stooge. Mm. Do you recall this? Cha- this paradigm shift where you guys started to find the boys if they showed up. Late? I, I remember the fines. I, I sure do. I don't know. Who, I don't know who instituted them, but uh, you know, if you think back about it, if Johnny Ace did institute the fines, then it helped him get a job with the WWE down the road, didn't it? Because he had a long, good run with them. No, he did real well. And, yeah. I mean, he married into John Cena's family, so it ain't that bad. Yeah. Um. The Nitro Girls were were being kicked around as as kicked around. Well, <laughs> only when Nash was there. Okay. So the, the, they were training to become wrestlers, and yeah. they were sending them to the power plant. And there was some debate as to whether or not they should have to go work, you know, indie shots with less Thatcher yeah. before they were put on national TV. Right. What did you think about the decision? Because essentially they were like a cheerleading troop. Yeah. And now, hey, let's make them wrestlers. Yeah. This feels like it's in the book of bad ideas. Well, it is, and it's 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 in the book of desperate ideas, is what it is. And a lot of those girls really, uh, you know, didn't want to do that, and it dropped the morale down with them a great deal. Um, morale was pretty low with Mike. Awesome. He was cut pretty bad uh, at a recent Thunder taping prior to this after a guitar shot from Jeff Jarrett. It actually. Uh, led to there being like a three-quarter inch deep gash yeah. that was two inches in length. He needed a bunch of stitches and, and was pretty bad off. Do you remember this injury? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, I, you know, we kind of joked about the whole balsa wood guitar earlier, right. but sometimes, you know, those things are hard to predict and guys get hurt for real. Sure, absolutely. Do you remember other instances besides this Mike Awesome situation? What, what they got hurt with, with the guitar? The guitar? No, I do not. Do you remember, uh, was there any sort of heat between Jarrett and Mike Awesome for that? Uh, yeah, guitar there was. Absolutely, there was. Really? Yes. Well, now you've seen it, I and mean, you've seen Jeff Jarrett, you know, Destroy, I don't know, 973 guitars. Do you think that he did anything particularly reckless or careless in, the, in this one? Not that I recall, Counselor. Why does this sound like a deposition already? Well, because I'm trying to get something besides fucking one-word answers. <laughs> okay. You keep doing it, I'm going to fucking choke you to death again and do the rest of the show my goddamn self. Let's talk about something you love talking about, Arn fucking Anderson. Okay. We won't involve women this time. Okay. Can we do that? Well, yes. Okay. You're really, you're really trying... Arn's a friend of mine and a friend I of... I said he didn't do it. And okay. you were like, I'm not a stooge him off. And I'm like, fuck, you're breaking all kinds of man code right now. Okay. You're making it sound like he did something. Yeah, he when didn't. I have it on good he didn't authority, do anything. he didn't. Thank you. Okay. His fucking son listens, Dick. Uh, what are you doing? I know his son listens. All right. So Arn Anderson uh, took on the backstage role of yeah. Goldberg's mentor. Right. T- talk to us about that. I don't think a lot of people are familiar with that. And, of course, we've talked about on this show that Arn is actually kind of the guy who helps put together all of John Cena's matches. Right. right. But once upon a time here, he's helping do that for Goldberg. Right. Uh, what, what was he doing for Goldberg? Well, what he was doing, he was, he was guiding Goldberg about how he should be in the business because Arn Anderson knew how to, I don't behave himself is probably not the right word, but knew how to act in the, in the locker room. He knew all the codes. He knew... He was a good guy that everybody trusts, everybody respected. He knew how to work. He knew how to sell. He knew how to talk. And he was the perfect guy to help Goldberg along become what they wanted Goldberg to be. Um, 
what they didn't want is disruptive forces in the locker room. And, and Lex Luger is actually told just to stay at home. So he's getting right. paid to sit at home, just like Beth Bag- Buff Bagwell with the idea that basically they feel like they're, you know, manipulators and just a negative influence. Yes. So we're just going to pay you to stay at home. Well, you know what? That's, that's good business practice. Don't you think? Well, how about fire the motherfuckers? What's well, wrong with that? Because you're probably end up being in a lawsuit. And it's not worth it. Go ahead and play But the idea at that point, if WCW would have continued, in your opinion, would have been Luger and Bagwell were out of here. They had worked themselves out of a job. Right. They just would have been on CowboyForAngels.com and that's it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, look, uh, and I've worked with the Atlanta Braves for many years. Right. They make sure that you can be a great baseball player in the minor leagues, but if you're a pain in the ass, you're not going to stay with the Braves long. You're not. And that's been down through the history. And I think it's just good practice. We haven't talked about him a lot on the program and I want to here because Bret Hart is one of the more popular wrestlers, you know, amongst our listeners and his contract was supposed to expire in January of Oh one. How mismanaged do you feel like Bret Hart was in this era of WCW? Oh, it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. What would you have done differently with him? (laughs) What would I've done differently with him? Oh, that that's a different that's a difficult question. Well, it just feels like in this era they really could have used him. Yeah, of course know? they could have. It's a shame Goldberg kicked his fucking head well, off. Well, of course, it? Yeah. of course it is. But I mean, if Bret Hart, who was a megastar with the WWE, should have been a megastar with us. No, I agree. And totally. he was not a megastar with us. And said the cat was in this man. Yeah, we're supposed to exactly. Be. It's, it's, the only thing we did right with Bret Hart was give him the title in Toronto. And with his family and everything, and that was kind of a, you know, kind of a nod at him and his family. But we should have, we should have done more with him. So Goldberg is now at this point in the match, uh, handcuffed to the rope. Um, Slick Johnson is running around on the second <laughs> level, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Right. Uh, Sting is climbing a ladder to the second level. Yeah. Booker T is climbing down. Nobody's really sure why. Yeah, how do you know? I, I don't know how you. In in theory, this match sounds good, but how in the world do you really work a match? Well, like let me this? tell you, it is one impressive visual. It is. It feels like American gladiators with face paint. Yeah, it does. But in effect, you get you end up getting a kind of a shitty. But match. But you lose some of it when you see Vince Russo climbing up with a hockey jersey and a fucking helmet. Exactly. Now th- let's talk about this because Russo gets a bit of a bad rap and. I found this to be really in, intriguing or interesting because there's rumor out there. Maybe Russo put it out himself. I don't know, but that other members of the booking committee thought he was one of the stronger heels. So they wanted him to have more segments on TV. Yes, they did. Okay. So you concur with that. I concur with that. Yeah. So it's not necessarily cause everybody listening is probably thinking Russo just always wants to put himself over and put himself on TV. But you thought he really executed as far as getting heat. Yeah. And uh, listen, there has always been, and I've told you this before, there has always been a kiss-ass mentality in wrestling. Oh, so maybe it wasn't that he was great. They were just saying he was great so they'd be figured in. Exactly. Well, let me say this, too. Okay. Let me just go a little deeper down this rabbit hole. All right. All right. We see Booker T climbing to the top. He's about to grab the Kevin Nash toy nameplate uh-huh. off of the big gold belt. And let's see if he's about to be world champion. Can he fetch the belt? All right, he touched it and let go for no fucking reason. <laughs> was he doing tying his boots? Well, he, he uh, Kevin Nash is afraid of heights. Huh. Signing his contract, he has to climb up there, so he's not fucking doing it. Booker T has unhooked the belt. So now, now Booker T has the belt, but now he's got to escape the cage with the belt. Right. Okay. Go back down through. Absolutely, he does. So it feels like to me, Kevin Nash had the right strategy in kayfabe 
Why climb all the fucking way up there when they got to come by the yeah. door anyway? You know, I made a comment during the during this match. I don't know if you when you listened to it back that I had talked to Kevin Nash and Nash said that his strategy was to stay at the down on the ground floor. I, I that feels like a very Hogan esque strategy. Yeah, but I don't know if that if if I that was me just working or he really did tell me that now. Here, 17 years later, I, I'm not so sure. You're not sure if Kevin Nash discussed wrestling match strategy with you prior <laughs> well, to No, what... Uh, you didn't know there was weapons in the middle, and now you think you're <laughs> quizzing the boys. Like, What's your strategy for tonight's <laughs> fuck no, job no, six-man? No, dumbass. If he just buzzed me on the way back, then this is what I'm going to do. Did you, you notice how that. these guys, as they walk around the outside, none of them have a lot of confidence in the structure, and they're holding on to something like, yeah. just in case. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're 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 petrified. Absolutely, I would are. be too. Yeah, especially if you're in there with the madman, like <laughs> like Steiner, like Scott Steiner, yeah, that's right. who has an apparatus on his face, is blocking <laughs> right. his vision. Right, exactly. And uh, here's Jeff Jarrett, who just filleted Mike Awesome two weeks prior. Yeah, and they're swinging guitars, yeah. and aluminum trash cans, and other tinge. And and is that a weapons. kendo stick? Is that what you would call that? I, I need to know what what you would call it. A kendo stick is what I would okay. call it. Okay. What do you know about kendo sticks? I, I only know from what I saw on the format. Okay. Okay. Do you remember why it, it gained popularity? No, I don't. Do you remember the uh, the kid over in Singapore who was caned? Oh, yes, right. That, so he got the caning. Right. Well, that's kind of the, the idea here. Okay. All so right. now Vince Russo is <laughs> on the bottom floor, and he's got the world title. Ooh. The cat, somebody called my mama, yep. is in there. And, and he, uh, of course, Russo's still wearing his helmet. Yeah, he just got There's kicked. There's Kevin his... Nash. Yeah. And he's setting up the cat for a jackknife. Mm-hmm. This is not why Sonny Ono sued. They should have made Cat the champion. <laughs> you laugh, but if David Arquette and Vince Russo can be champion, why can't the Cat? You're blaming me for the David Arquette thing, aren't you? No, I didn't say that. We'll do that another time. Okay. Kevin Nash is holding his toy belt. Goldberg. Oh, now, my God. Super strength. Uh -huh. Oh, he just Bret Harted him. <laughs> okay, so two, two mule kicks, a super kick, a forearm. Uh -huh. And now he's blocking a bat, that punching Russo. That wasn't a bad working punch right there. It wasn't a working punch. He punched the <laughs> shit out of him. We've already established <laughs> okay. that when he does it, he does it for real. Okay. There's so much CTE in the ring right now, and it's not even funny. <laughs> Fucking Joseph Maroon would have a field day with these bastards after a Goldberg match. Goldberg dropped the belt just like Somebody's he did Brett's here. career. Okay. Yeah, there's another one. So Goldberg's on his way out. He's got the belt. Yeah. And as he turns the corner to get out of the cage, oh, what do you know? Wow. In a Cleveland Browns jersey. Bret Hart himself. It looks like. Slam the door on him. Big Papa Pump comes over. He's got the pipe. <laughs> what? And Jeff Jarrett has the belt, but he doesn't want to win. He throws it back inside, which in kayfabe makes no fucking sense. And uh, so this all becomes a swerve for Kevin Nash to retain the title or keep the belt. Ernest the Cat Miller was just propped up like Tom Selleck in Playgirl. <laughs> he had his hand on his head like he's doing the I Dream of Genie pose. Yeah. Now here's Kevin Nash and Vince Russo is begging for forgiveness. And now they're hugging. It's a swerve right after a swerve, a week after a swerve. Mm -hmm. uh, three weeks, three swerves in two weeks. Kevin Nash has the belt. And they're checking the time. They open it up. And one, two, three. War Games 2000 is over. And uh, Kevin Nash is victorious. He came in the champ and he left the champ. 
Vince Russo booked him into a bad spot here where he had to uh, defend his title in a triple cage against all these folks. And what do you know? He retained. So let me ask you this in pure wrestling sense at the end of the show, do you think fans now I know Wade Keller said it was pretty good. Okay. But do you think at the end of the show, which was always important that fans got what they wanted there, or you think the fans turned off the show being fucking pissed? That's here's all, what, that's here's important. what, that's here's what, what I struggle important. with in this. Okay. What was the point? You know, I asked myself like recently on, on raw, we had John Cena and Roman Reigns do a promo on each other for a contract. I signing. saw, I watched that. Yeah. So a really smart person in wrestling mm-hmm. asked me this week, what was the point? And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, they didn't sell me the match. Like when I, when I finished the promo, I know every, the internet was talking and that's cool, but what was the point? Like they didn't sell any tickets. They didn't sell the match. They didn't make me want to see the match. So what did they accomplish? And I kind of felt that way. I watched that with that in the back of my mind, I watched the show this week and I thought, so help me understand. He booked himself, you know, Kevin Nash is supposedly now his ally and he called him out and said, you're going to have to defend this title against all these guys and everybody has to qualify. And it was all a big ruse for what? To get Kevin Nash the belt back, which they could have done without having, they didn't have to put it on the line. Didn't have to put it on the line. Exactly. So it didn't, it was a swerve for the sake of a swerve. Sure. It was. So that, that, that was, it was not done correctly. And it's not a, it's not a knock on anybody. As you know, I'm a, I'm a friend of Vince Russo's. I really am. Sure. Well, and it is worth mentioning. It did do a good rating and, and that was the point that that was the only point. Okay. The point was, is to give what they thought was a pay-per-view quality gimmick match on free TV. Well, they did that. Exactly. So they, they did what they wanted. and, And the rating here, you know, was good. So mission accomplished. We should mention that. This tells you kind of where WCW is at the time. So, and let's remember here, we got Bret Hart, we got Goldberg, we got Sting, we got Kevin Nash, we got Scott Steiner. We got some big fucking stars on the show. Yes, we do. Absolutely. We do. Uh, it drew 3,534 people at the reunion arena, at the reunion arena, which holds probably like 15,000 people. It's a huge arena. It holds a lot of folks there. It's been torn down now, but it did 3,500 tickets, uh, paid. 6,700 in attendance, only 138,000 on the house. And by the time you, you know, set or rent the building and set up the rigging and pay for the satellite time and their production, much less before you ever pay the boys, they ran this at a loss. Yeah. So, so why do you think they ran it at a loss? What's one of the reasons they ran it at a loss? Why did they run it at a yeah, loss? Yeah. You could sit home and watch the fucker for free. No. So you're saying back to your early Anderson, I gave away too much shit. For exactly. Free. Exactly. Now, the next week on Nitro, mm. the set changed yet again, just a little bit. This time being the week when they did like the stars in the background, as opposed to just the colors or whatever. It feels right. like in this era of WCW, you were constantly trying to fiddle with different looks, R- different looks that were cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in other words, we, uh, we, we were bleeding. We had been bleeding money for for a time. So we're going to try to as, as cheaply as we can get things done was crockett still in charge of that at the time yeah david was he sure was he was in charge of it all the way through uh, we're watching conan now no the show's over okay okay so the the network just automatically played the next one but we're gonna pretend we're not Hmm. watching this for now chat me up about um you know what what the situation was with bischoff at the time because there's there's rumor and innuendo that he was 
sort of kind of dictating some things because people understood that he was going to be the guy who was able to take control. And one of the things he had pushed down, uh, allegedly, uh, was a cost cutting move where the guys had to start paying for their own hotel and travel expenses. And that's always been kind of common for the WWE. They'll pay for your airfare, but your rental cars and your hotels are on you. Sure. Uh, do you remember that being passed down to the boys? And did you attribute that to Bischoff or did somebody else push that down as a cost cutting measure? That, I, I don't didn't attribute that to Bischoff at all. I attribute that to Brad Siegel when that happened. Tank Abbott is a guy we haven't talked a lot about here on the show, but at this point, his future with WCW was kind of up in the air because the rap on him was he hadn't really worked on his in-ring skills and he had, you know, kind of balked at the idea maybe of going to the power plant. Uh, did you feel like tank Abbott could have been a contributor at this point or was it just a failed experiment? Uh, It was a failed experiment. There was no question. It was a failed experiment. Um, Bret Hart, who kind of closed the show here being a, a big part and obviously setting up that future feud with Goldberg where he kicked his head in the third fucking row. Um, he ripped Diana Myers of the WCW legal department on, on a promo on thunder. And apparently it was really big hit amongst the boys. Do you remember the promo or the comment and why Myers may have had some heat with the boys? Well, Diana Myers was the girl that always took the heat because she was the, the face of the legal department. And that is the same reason that we just saw Roman Reigns and John Cena do their promo. What do you mean? Well, it's cool with the boys. You see, it's it's cool with the boys. It's cool with the smart fans. It doesn't do any business. Right. Right. But it's cool with the boys and it's cool with the smart fans. So There was talk, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, the the legal department maybe five days, six, seven days prior to this in the prior week to this show we're covering uh, WCW employees. I'm going to read this directly from the torch. WCW employees caused a disturbance on an airline flight headed to Tucson, Arizona. Sources say that several employees wrestlers included appeared to be intoxicated and disrupted the flight. At one point, referee Marcus Johnson got on the plane's PA system and joked that they were be passing out condoms shortly. Someone else let a stink bomb off on the plane And according to the sources, the airline called ahead and requested that a WCW official meet the flight at the airport. The sources say that Janie Engel, a WCW executive secretary, met the flight on behalf of WCW and was told that the airline plans to file charges against three WCW employees. Hmm. Here's where business picks up. Okay. When confronted, several wrestlers blamed ring announcer David Penzer for causing the disturbance. Really? While witnesses say Penzer caused his share of commotion on the flight, the wrestlers were simply passing the blame onto him yeah. to save themselves. That's that that's that's probably that, there's no question that happened. Was Dave Penzer a fucking party animal? Well, Dave went out a lot, yeah, but Dave was smart enough not to do shit like that. Do you, do you remember hearing about this this plane situation? Yeah, I do remember hearing about so it. So we've always heard about the WWF's version of the plane ride from hell. You've probably heard about this. In 2002, there was a European flight, and um, guys were horsing around uh-huh. and tackling each other and showing their junk to stewardesses and cutting eyebrows and just really? craziness. What year was this? 2002. 2000, okay. Do you... Recall maybe 2001. I'll get lots of tweets either way. Yeah. Do you recall this plane ride from hell to Arizona? Were you on this flight? I was not on the flight. But you heard about it. Yes, I heard about it. What did you hear? I heard that there was a a ruckus 
and they all blame Penzer. Did you hear any details? But no, I did not. Why are you, you grinning so big? Do you have details for me? No, I don't. I'm I'm, I'm I'm surprised that this got out. Yeah, well, no, I'm I'm surprised that, and I guess in 2017 everybody would have been in jail. Well, yeah, it would have been federal officials carrying them off by their by their bootstraps or whatever. But uh, yeah, this, it's important to note this is 2000. This is pre 9 yeah, 11, right? So you could still do shenanigans. Yeah, sure, sure you could. Shenanigans were done on planes all the time. You got any good plan shenanigans stories no, you can share with us? I no. While you think of one, let me ask you this. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a rumor that when Russo is missing TV tapings because he's concussed because right. of uh, the cat. Yeah. That Terry Taylor oh. is the guy who takes the lead, and, and supposedly yeah. Ed Farrar is probably supposed to be carrying out the actions, but maybe Ed wasn't as comfortable disciplining the boys because he wasn't one of the boys. Exactly. And Terry Taylor. Being one of the boys felt like he knew how to communicate and, yeah. and I guess speak wrestler for, yeah. To, to, yeah. for lack of a better phrase. Right. Do you remember that being the case? And do you remember there being any blowback from guys taking orders from the fucking red rooster? Well, yeah. I mean, Terry had a lot of heat with a lot of guys and uh, a lot of guys didn't like Terry. Terry also, you know, I, I've told you this and Terry, uh, most of us have a device in our head that prevents us from saying things that we shouldn't say. And Terry never had that. You know, Terry just blurted out anything that was on his mind, which a lot of times was wrong, and he got a lot of heat with the boys because of that. Um, let's kind of put a bow on our, our War Games 2000 episode. I'm glad I lived through it. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it was touch and go there for a minute. Yeah. The, uh, the Torchwood Report, talking about your commentary specifically, oh, this edition my, of Nitro oh. was good. Yeah, well, hang on a second. <clears throat> go ahead. No, go ahead. I want to get fucking prepared for it. This edition of Nitro was good, but too much was stuffed under two hours. There were three or four works worth of angles dumped into this two-hour program. There was never a dull moment, but there was also never a chance for to catch one's breath. Russo is so worried that someone is going to flip the channel, uh, that there is a moment where something monumental isn't happening, that he loses all sense of pacing as a result. Would you agree with that? Yes. You got to the commentary part yet? Where Wade Keller buries my ass? You just assume that he was negative. Why would you assume he's negative? Well, because they mostly were. They mostly were negative. The commentary. They didn't say anything bad about you. How about that? Okay. They did say the strong point was that the War Games as a main event, you know, paid off with a compelling, intricately booked payoff. But the weak point was the whole storyline leading up to the War Games was rushed within the two-hour framework. Yes. And Wade gave it a seven and a half out of ten. What would you say? Uh, I would give it a five. You signed Because of the end of it. You signed off of this show. Uh, of course, they didn't hear your commentary today because they were listening to us when you said something like, this is a great way to start the sixth year at Nitro. And of course, you're doing it tongue in cheek. What did you think about this at the time? Because you kind of indicated, did you feel like the fans left happy or did they feel like they just watched some bullshit? I thought they watched some bullshit. So, but, I'm, but I'm not going to say that, Conrad. I well, would never yeah. say anything like that. Of course. I would say it now on our podcast. They just watch a bunch of bullshit, but I wouldn't say it back then would have been a great way to sign off conan fans thanks for being with us for an hour and a half of bullshit we'll see you next week let me just freestyle that if you did that wcw might still be in business (laughs) yeah now we We would have needed you and lash the to drop a few lbs (laughs) that's right but i mean that would have been it exactly um to open the show you know when we saw the uh wicked clowns they uh 
they had commentary from Conan of Disco Inferno, our good brothers over at Keeping It 100. Right. And I thought Conan had a good line here I wanted to get your take on. Okay. Uh, he said that Valium wants to trademark the name ICP because they're so boring. <laughs> good stuff. Um, overall, you know, because we're, we're going to get lots of, of tweets about Vince Russo here. We are. And this, well, because a lot of people feel like him bringing back war games and it being a triple cage like this mm-hmm. and it being with these guys and on free TV was essentially sort of bastardizing an old Jim Crockett beloved match format. Okay. All right. And so for years and years, there's been lots of wrestling fans who say, why doesn't WWE do war games? Why don't they bring back war games? War games was my favorite. But then you look back and you see this as kind of an updated version of war games. And yeah. you're like, Kind of didn't want to see it like that. What do you think? Because this is not, even though they called this War Games, it's really not. It's not. You know what this is? This is the this is the cage from Ready to Rumble. Well, yeah, is what this is. But this is also the '88 Great American Bash Triple Cage and the uncensored 1995 or six or whatever it was Cage of Doom, Say Tower, Fuck Your Mom, All the Heels Against. But War Games is two rings. Right. Right. And he's calling it War Games here. As, right. as an old Jim Crockett purist, did you have an issue with no. this being called War Games? No, not at all. If if they brought back War Games in the WWE now, would you like to see it in that incarnation or the two-ring situation? I'd like to see it in the two-ring situation. But again, uh, I've told you this before, I never did like the finish of a War Games. Never did like it. Well, yeah, and I know our listeners hate you for that. I mean, everybody wants to look back on the stuff they grew up on and think it was the best. Well, thing Well, of course ever, they but do, but you have to you you have to realize that even though you thought it was great, not everything back then was wonderful. It is in 2017. Look back and say, "Oh, everything was wonderful back in the Crockett days." No, not everything was wonderful back in the Crockett days. Because if everything was wonderful back in the Crockett days, the Crockets would still be in business. Um, did you ever play? I don't know if you saw this, but it came up online this past week that you were actually a playable character in one of the old WCW video games. Oh, yes. I knew that. You, you played it as yourself? No, but my kids used to play. Would they all take turns beating the fuck out of daddy? <laughs> no. They would take turns being daddy beating the fuck out of people. I was, you know, I was over with my kids. Still am over with my kids. No, you are over with your kids. I yeah. had a chance to catch up with them on Tony, Tony uh, Shivani bobblehead night. Right. By the way, I left my bobblehead in your suite. Did you really? I didn't realize that. Uh, it was sponsored by a sponsor who doesn't pay us here, so I'm not saying their name. And I scratched that off right? because I was going to write Slapdicks R Us on there. <laughs> and uh, as you know, me and Lois relocated to the bar, mm-hmm. and I left it in there. Okay. And I thought it was in my lady friend's purse. It uh-huh. was not in her purse. Okay. So I'm going to need to get a bobblehead okay. from me. I'll get you one. And we maybe ought to auction one off for Houston. What do you think? That'd be great. I think uh, it'd be a great idea. So chat me up about... You know, you as a playable character. Okay. Because this it, was, it was a secret character. You had to unlock it, I think, to get me as a character. What did you have to do? Like, you had to like bottom a, boat stuff? No, you had, you had, to, you had to win, uh, like, it's, uh, so many different levels. And you could unlock, unlock you special characters. You had to dress characters. like an idiot? <laughs> unlock, unlock spe- yes, exactly. Unlock special characters, right. Right. Yeah. Um, and then my special character would always go up against Medusa. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just throwing you softballs here. Go ahead. Well, listen, Medusa's listening, so I got to mind my P's and Q's. So I love you, Deucey. WCW was pushing out a new game here called Backstage Assault. 
Right. And that feels like something that Klondike Bill would have really been into. <laughs> You're not kidding. The old would've. backstage assault. He would love to use various Would items. you like to take a Medusa for a little backstage assault? No, I wouldn't want to use that word assault talking about Medusa. I would have let her assault me gladly. Really? Yeah. Okay. She could have. She used to say to me, she says, I'll spin kick you. And I used to say, please. I like it. Yeah. So the reason I ask this is because this is the only video game in history that I know of from mm-hmm. a pro wrestling standpoint. Yeah. That doesn't have a fucking ring. Yeah. It was an EA sports video game. Is too. there a more WCW thing than a wrestling game with <laughs> without no a, fucking without wrestling a ring? ring? That's, there you go. Those video games, though, were devised by EA Sports, not us. Who is us? WCW. So let's uh, let's take some questions from uh, Twitter. Are you ready for this? Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Rapid fire. Mm-hmm. This one comes from Dave Silva. He wants to know. <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, I can't speak Spanish. Okay. Uh, are you interested in buying any oranges? <laughs> uh, what does Tony Schiavone call sexy time with Lois Schiavone? Uh, and why is it war games? It's <laughs> pretty good. That's good. Thank you, Dave. Did that message come to us by Burrow? <laughs> yes, it okay. did. <laughs> um, Jay Ward wants to know, what did you think about cage matches where you have to escape the cage to win? It seems odd to me that you have to run away from a fight in order to win. I always thought escaping a cage was a WWE type cage match. You didn't like that. I didn't like that. I always thought the cage match should have been blood, guts, pin, one, two, three. So you don't like WWE cage matches, but your favorite match you ever called was? WWE cage match. <laughs> okay. Um, you know what's wrong with you? One of the things that I remember everything yeah, you say you and against you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I also tried to give you the Heimlich and it was weird because <laughs> you let me keep going <laughs> for minutes before you said, Hey, I'm fine, buddy. I mean, you weren't, you weren't even coughing or struggling. I know. I know. It was funny. Every, every time you would hoist me, you would go, Tommy Young. Yeah. Tommy Young. And then I'd keep laughing and keep choking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jay-Z wants to know, how come nobody gives props to Tony's commitment to the mullet? Because <laughs> here in 2017, yeah. I mean, you're starting to get a little business in the front, party in the back. Yeah, I, I like on. the mullet. Okay. Okay. Are, I, I like the mullet. Are you and hoping I would tell to turn Jay-Z it into to, like... I would tell Jay-Z to go fuck himself, but I heard he's a cop and I could get arrested. It's true. Uh, J.C. Money... Wants to know. JC Money. Yeah. He's he's a worker. Oh, boy. Uh, what is Tony's favorite ICP song? And can he belt out a few ICP? verses? It's, uh, it's the Magnet song now. What was it called again? Fucking Magnets. <laughs> how do they work? <laughs> I feel like that's Fucking be... Magnets. How do they work? Is I that like how it was? I like it. Yeah. Trunk full of... Um, trunk, trunk full of... of Fago. Car full of fat bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that's my first date with Lois. <laughs> um cody stutes wants to know who hated the war games concert in the uh concept in the locker room was there anybody kind of pushing against the idea of doing the traditional war games you mean when it first started or or in wcw what what era we tony about? i didn't write the fucking question okay. we'll just answer <laughs> I don't think anybody really liked the war games because the fucker was dangerous. I mean, you could really get hurt. And the fact that in the first war games, the fact that the road warriors were involved in it means you could really get hurt because those guys were stiff. Whitey uh, asks, shrill, shrill, buckle up. (laughs) Uh, What the hell is that giant jockstrap thing that one of the natural born thrillers is wearing? 
He's talking about Reno Riggins. Uh huh. Where it looked like he had a button on a fur coat apparatus. Right. I, I guess it was a strap on. I don't know. There we go. That's what okay. he's hoping for. Okay. Uh, Ryan Harry wants to know why was this match on Nitro two weeks before Fall Brawl? Wouldn't it have made more sense to wait two weeks and build it towards the pay per view? It sure was. Thank you for being a fucking booker. Uh, Robert wants to know who on the show had a low key big hog. <laughs> uh, that probably would have been Whitey. I mean, a powder. <laughs> Borash, Borash, Borash had a low key big hog. Yes, he did. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I heard. Now, I, when did you start doing Borash hog watching? <laughs> so, like, we're announcers you, showering together. You think you think, you think Borash listens to this show? Yeah. So, I mean, he <laughs> yeah. works for Global Force. What the fuck else has he got? They do one taping every fucking seven months. So he's chilling right now. He's just listening to podcasts. Always got along with Jeremy until this day. No, he's a great guy. Yes. Super okay. nice. Yes. Probably the hardest guy, hard working guy down there. Really? I mean, he's held that fucking company together with goddamn paper clips and duct tape. Really? For, uh, oh, yeah. There must be a lot of worthless slapdicks on that company, then. There are. If Jeremy Borash has to hold Jeremy Borash is the leader. And that's some <laughs> shit, right? That is some shit. Um... So, you know, one of the things in wrestling is, is the young guys have to like wash the veterans backs from a generation ago. Did you make Jeremy Borash watch your back? No, not at all. Really? No, I didn't. I felt like you would have made him part the hairs or something. <laughs> uh, Kevin wants to know. I don't have a hairy back. Three, two. I mean, that's it. That's, 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 I don't that's have the a, you whole said, thing. You said, yeah, you said part the hairs. I don't have a hair. Well, I mean, you, you've described your junk as a button on a fur coat before. Well, okay. So I just assumed... I mean, it was like a Navajo rug back there. <laughs> it was not. Uh, Carl Haynes wants to know, how's the wedding coming along? Uh, slowly, thank God. Uh, mom and daughter are at each other's throats. And if it wouldn't be about the wedding, it'd be about something else. Uh, he also wants to know, uh, what is Tony's favorite drink to enjoy at the end of a long, crazy day? I would think one you could actually swallow. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would be a, uh, a San Pellegrino uh, water. Uh, he wants to know who would star as Tony and Lois in a movie of your life. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, as me, it'd probably be Brad Pitt. She'd be Roseanne. And she'd be Roseanne Barr. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever notice that Matt Coon looks a lot like John Goodman? <laughs> you know what? You're right. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. The the John Goodman from the Roseanne days, not not, John... not like the cool Fred Flintstone version. Either. Right, right, yeah. Like the really yeah bowlingly fucking right. you know right Roseanne right. Um, <laughs> Brandon wants to know if you thought there were like subliminal messages uh, in the opening packages of of this. The intro to the show. Oh, yeah. There was no question there was. What, what do you think it was? Uh, it was all like sexual. Yeah. Subliminal images in that. There was no question it was. Watch it. We're talking about the Nitro from 2000, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from that era. Yeah. Yeah, there was no question it was. Lots of questions. Uh, and this is obviously coming from our other show, but everyone wants to know who booked this shit. And, and you've <laughs> been pretty clear that you didn't think that Russo was as bad for business as a lot of people say. I, look, I thought Russo put a hell of a lot of effort into this business. There's a school of thought out there, and I want to get your opinion on this. There's a school of thought out there that Russo was a plant by Vince to uh, fuck our no. business up. Do you believe that? No, that's ridiculous. Okay, I, I don't believe that either. I believe... And, and Only again, in wrestling is some stupid shit like that. Even. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that Russo came in and gave us a hell of an effort. He didn't have great ideas, but no one called him on his bad ideas. They let him go through with everything he wanted to do. 
a week after uh, War Games 2000, we saw the wedding of David Flair and Stacy Keebler. Oh, wow. Um, is that the best wedding in the history of our great sport? No. I don't think so. I think the, the best wedding in the history of our great sport was the one with the Hillbillies on Saturday night's main event. That was hard to beat. That was hard to beat, yeah. yeah. When Jesse Ventura says it looked like two carp going for the same piece of corn when they were kissing. That put me on the floor. Uh, JC Money <laughs> wants to know, how long did Tony sit in the makeup room chair at this event waiting for Major Guns and or Tory Wilson to show up? I sit there as long as it takes. I had my format in my hand, which I knew would fucking change by the second segment. And I was sitting in the makeup chair and just hang out, talk to the makeup girls. That's how I got to know Terry Runnels, Terry Boatwright, Marlena. You know, because she was a makeup girl for a long time. You got any good Marlena stories? Uh... No. Why'd you get all shifty eyed and weird? Because there was, uh, okay, well, there was a there was a rumor back then that I go. was having sex with Marlena. Really? Oh yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. You can ask her about it. That Terry Boatwright and I were. Re- this was before Dustin and her got hooked up together. Right. That I was because we hung out together a lot. Well, there's a now there's a rumor that okay. Dusty had heat with Dustin. Yeah. For getting with her. Yes. Because apparently. He wasn't the first wrestler she had been with. Right. Is that true? I don't know if that's true or not, but that was what that was. That was true that Dusty thought that he did not think highly of her initially. Exactly. It's probably great as somebody over here on the periphery. But when it came to you're going to be in the family, I don't know about this. Right. Is that fair? Yeah, it's fair. Right. Uh, Do you think that that was um, understandable of him? Or do you feel like she was kind of getting a bad rap? I thought she was getting a bad rap. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was backstage. We're getting assault, backstage assault. No, she was backstage and got to know all the guys. I mean, listen. So so he was confusing someone being friendly, like you and Medusa. Right. Or you and Deborah. Right. Um, or you and, I don't know, anyone else with boobs. Uh, that, that you were just being nice to them. Right. And and people would just jump to conclusions. Oh, they must sure. be sleeping I, look, together. Look, Terry Bodwright and I, uh, Terry... Uh, Runnels, before she's Terry Runnels, just Terry Boatwright. That was her real name. That's her maiden name. Her real name. You're getting real inside here. Yeah, Terry Boatwright is her yeah. name from Lake City, Florida. Sure. Okay. New Jack knows her name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard some of those things. Oh, what did yeah. you? I don't. I don't know how we got sidetracked here. Let's I know how we got sidetracked because you said the name New Jack and you shouldn't have. Okay. So anyway, but anyway, we were we were very friendly. We went up to lunch a lot together. Yeah. We were. We hung out, and everybody Ooh. thought I was fucking Terry Boatwright. I was not. Did y'all go Dutch? No, I. You no. paid. Yeah. So did you? Did you go Dutch oven? No, we did not. You know what? Don't start this with this. You don't even know what Dutch oven means. I don't care what it is. She's a sweet girl. Dutch oven is when you and Lois are under the covers at night and Lois pulls the covers over your head (laughs) and holds them tight and rips a sick fart. Oh God. Well, we don't sleep in the same bed. You do know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. We don't, we have different bedrooms. Wow. Yeah. She's turning heel. No, no, it's by necessity. It is. Oh, all the dogs. All the dogs, talked about all this. the dogs, and and I and for a long time I worked at the radio station, and, and you had crazy hours. I had crazy hours, yeah, yeah. And she likes to stay up all night drinking, exactly. And, and then she and, would stumble in drunk and wake me up, and, and Facebook and yeah, and face yeah. Uh, wine booking, yeah, wine booking. wine booking, yeah. She would be on her phone going click click click, and I say oh, I got to go to sleep. So I, I started going into the the one of the guest rooms, and I've just stayed in there. Wow, so, 
That's that's, that's the key to a happy marriage. It is. Move it out. Is. No doubt. We yeah. and we've been we've been we've had separate bedrooms now for about eight years. And it's yeah. working. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Absolutely is. So you essentially have a roommate that has a lot of dogs. I have a sister. You have a sister I, that has a lot of dogs. Exactly. Right. And cusses at you. Well, what is she ever? Yeah. 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 Is this what I have to look forward to? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. I I uh I have a feeling that you would be the big time alpha male at your house and you would run things. I'm not that way. I kinda let things happen in my wait, house. Wait, 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 wait. I kinda wait. let things happen in my house. You would probably boss people around and things would have to be your way or the fucking highway. Uh, I kind of just, if Lois wants to say, oh, we want to do it this way, I go, yeah, that's fine. That's Same fine. thing you did in WCW and the reason they went out of business. <laughs> exactly. So your marriage is going out of business. <laughs> my, my marriage is going out of business because professional I... Professional yes, man. <laughs> exactly. Tony Schiavone. Exactly. That's fine. Yeah, Whatever. Exactly. Say Cactus Jack is a, is a drizzling shit. It's okay. I'll be glad to. Whatever. Um, what's interesting about this to me, it's just not even two hours ago. You're chastising a friend of mine and saying, no, unlike you, I run shit at my house. And now. Oh, that's just a running joke. Here officially yeah. on the record. Yeah, I don't. No, run no. Shit. I, I don't run shit. I just show house. up. I do. I just I give her my check and go to work. I just, I do. I just show up. I, I'm just so. I mean, listen, when you get to be my fucking age, you're going to be Let like. Let me just ask, since we're doing it. Hypothetically, if you jumped on Craigslist tomorrow looking for like a used washer and dryer, whatever married people your age do, and you happen to just wonder, what is this misconnections thing? And you clicked misconnections. Okay. And there was a listing Uh from a man who used to work with a short little chubby announcer (laughs) with a button on a fur coat 25 years ago. Uh Uh-huh. And as you read through all the description, you realized, oh, my God, I think this is Tom Zink. <laughs> would you make a, a run at it just to see if you and Tom could really be happy? No, I would not. But I would call him to see how he was. Maybe just start slow. <laughs> <laughs> just take things yeah, slow, yeah, see where they go. Yeah, that's how good relationships build. Slowly. Well, I think we have built to a fine finish here. Mm-hmm. For War Games 2000. And, and it's going to be interesting to figure out um, how we can top this. Because this has been a train wreck of a show. And maybe two weeks in a row. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you almost died. Well, I know I almost died. and uh, But you know what? It was fun. Death almost dying was fun. It really was. We normally give a preview for topics the next week. Yeah. But instead of doing that research, I was actually writing your obituary. So... <laughs> We're instead just going to post the topics on Twitter. Go vote right now at WHW Monday on Twitter. Feel free to send your hate tweets to at Tony Schiavone 24. And yeah, I'm at, do. Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. Yeah, please do. And, uh, if you'd like to send us a selfie of yourself wearing our shirt, like Lois rules and Zach Ryder did yeah. shout out to Zach Ryder for yeah. doing that. Over 2 million people saw Lois rules. Right. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And not only that. Honestly, you know, it could have been somebody else, but Zack Ryder's pretty, it's a big deal. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's big for us. It's huge for us. Yeah. Uh, anything you'd like to say before we wrap this up? Because <sighs> when I look at my clock, I realize it's about time, but if you wanted to say something now would be the time, because if you have another drinking incident, like we saw earlier, <laughs> This could be, yeah. And before you leave, I'd like for you to fill out some papers okay. because if, if drinking is water is this big of a challenge <laughs> at your age, 
I got to get in on this. This feels like a lottery ticket that will pay off. You just got to have some patience, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, so what do you want me to sign? A life insurance policy. <laughs> <sighs> well, I'm glad I lived through this. I am too. Yeah. The only way you could have been more shocked would have been if Barbarian came around that corner <laughs> in full fucking paint. Um, Tony? Yep. It's time. Thanks, Conrad Thompson. Our main event in War Games 2017 is Goldberg against Conrad Thompson. As Conrad second, it's going to be Brett the Hitman Hart. And here Goldberg tries to kick Conrad in the head. He kicked him in the head. And Conrad's not selling shit. But what else is new? We're out of time this week on What Happened When Monday.